Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. This on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm his boy, here with me. Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just uh, been watching my spotify kind of in amazement uh been, oh, yeah yeah been, been doing pretty well on there um make sure you guys check out uh my song in the trenches with john connor and montezzi um uh, i have i, I want to say it's about around three thousand streams right now which is pretty cool uh i guess i i hit the right pitch style i don't know what happened but uh it's starting to like take off on spotify so I just type in Rich Latta on there and uh, you'll come across it. And, you know, very happy uh, that that one is, you know, is going. So uh, what's up with you, man? I'm tired, boss. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I basically went on a four day binge to catch up to all the G1 stuff. So that's 17 shows, uh, like all the tournament matches. So, like, I did that over the from Friday to through today to about like an hour ago and caught up. So. Um, a lot of, a lot of wrestling, um, a lot of, uh, how do you say it? Uh, I, I can't come up with the word. My mind's kind of fried, but like just bad prioritizing of life in, 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 you know, socially and all that kind of stuff. But I got it done. Um, I did it. I did a damn thing. And like, how do you feel? I'm tired, boss. Like, I, I can't. That's all I can tell you. I, I'm tired. Like, I was, uh, you know, before the stream. I don't know if you picked it up on the stream or not, but I was like, yeah, man, like, my, my vision is blurry. That's how tired I am right now. But whatever. Like, we'll, we'll make it work. Like, we'll, we'll get this done. I'll post this up, and then I'll go to sleep, and I'll watch the final night of the blo- of blocks um, from this morning. I think it's probably, like, 5 a.m. or something like that. I'm not oh, going to yeah. stay up 5 a.m. I'm going to get my ass up in the morning, and I'll watch it then, and... I'll enjoy the show. Um, I have this. I have the scenarios. I, I have all that stuff to to go through. Like 
I'm going to give you like the common sense scenarios when I'm going to go down like what is a fourth place tiebreaker uh, for block, you know, block D, which is ridiculous. Everybody's on oh. six except for like two people, but I have oh. the common sense stuff. Are we going to play the Benny Hill music um, behind you as you as you say this? No, and I will not need to like break it down talking rapidly fast like I'm Excalibur either. Like I have okay. it, it'll be concise, it'll be simple, it'll be very similar to like when I break down like going to the final night of the Grand Prix. Man, well that's cool, man. Um, I know, guess you ever, gotta... that, you ever notice that the Grand Prix like they don't have these things where it's like, what's the fifth or seventh tiebreaker? Is it like you win or you go or you go home? Like. <laughs> Like, it's not, it's not, you know, all this other stuff. Like, I remember one year, it was like, it could be a possible, like, a seventh tiebreaker or something, or third tiebreaker that Josh told me about. And he was like, well, it could happen, it could happen before. I was like, the fact that it happened before isn't, doesn't bode well for the part where, like, someone's going to easily understand that. Like, you shouldn't do it. Like, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it also doesn't mean, like, you should do it just because you got it in, in the book back. Like, because all of a sudden you're looking at, like, I watch these tournaments all the time, right? Grand Prix, whatever. And, like, you know what happens. Like, the matches happen, and at the end of it, like, the announcer tells you what just happened, who advanced or who not, and the crowd oohs and awes and moves on. Because they don't know what they don't know this shit. They, and they're watching it, and they're there. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, I'm going to give you the common sense stuff. If something outside the common sense thing happened, that's not my fault. They fucked it up. <laughs> well, um... I so we're gonna like we got a segment we're kind of like gonna go into that later as James was saying but James does have an appearance on keeping it strong style coming up is that next week uh I think so like Josh told he asked me to come on I said okay he didn't give me a date it could be tomorrow for all I know I have no idea <laughs> so Sounds good, man. Um, well, we do have a, a couple of announcements uh, before we get into the show. Um, so we are coming up on our 10 year anniversary next month. It's usually around the week week one of the NFL football season. Uh, we've been doing this show since 2012. Um, so I guess uh, if you guys want to put us over real big, uh, we, we would like to play. Um, so, some stuff on the show, and uh, I guess I'll, I'll I'll do it like this. If you guys have audio clips to send, um, you can send them to me. You can send them to Rich at Social Suplex, um, and I will compile them all. I will not listen to them until we play them on the air. I will compile the file. I will make a long file, however long it is, and uh, drop that audio in it, save it, export it, and we will play it live on the show. Uh, for, for you guys whenever that show happens. Um, so, you know, the best stuff, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll just order it in, in, in the order that I get it. Um, I, I won't, you know, uh, cheat. So hopefully everybody comes correct. But um, what else we got? Uh, any any thoughts on uh, the 10-year show coming up, James, that, that I've just decided to talk about at random? If I remember correctly, we basically did our first show where we told everybody, like, what are, who are 10 or 10 or 20, 20, it was our 20 favorite wrestlers, like, of all time at the time. I think that it would be appropriate to either list who our top, who our 20 favorite wrestlers are now, after 10 years of watching wrestling again, from a different uh, perspective, or, like, come up with, like, over the last 10 years, who are our 20 favorite wrestlers. That, that, that could be more up to you, yeah. or that could be up to uh, whoever's, uh, you know, whatever they decide, dealer's choice in the, in the chat, but... Um, I think one of those two would be appropriate. Um, yeah, 
And, you know, like, you know, year in, we always do, you know, our 10 favorite matches of the year. Like, I think we should probably do like our 10 favorite matches of the of the decade. The, the O&R era. Yeah. 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 Uh, for sure. Um, and it was uh, we, we got to 100 clips on the YouTube uh, today. So as you guys like may have seen, I've been like chopping up the clips from these Twitch streams and, and you know, popping them up on the YouTube before that we were cutting audio up and stuff like that. So uh, if there's, you know, you come across anybody and you want to recommend One Nation Radio, I think that's a great place to start. That's like all the free audio that's out there. That's just a hell of a playlist, I think, um, that, that's just covering the last eight to 12 months of wrestling and, you know, serious and sometimes comical fashion uh, that, you know, uh, I, I take a lot of pride in uh, putting putting those clips out and putting them together. Um, we also got started on TikTok. I opened a, a TikTok account for One Nation Radio. So if you guys want to find, you know, us on there, uh, find us on there. I'll be putting clips there as well. Uh, got some discussion uh, taken up off on there already lots of uh plays coming through so uh i <laughs> it's gonna be, it's a little bit different audience uh on tiktok i'm seeing so uh, it'll be pretty interesting to see how those clips do do well on or do on that youtube shorts is is doing well for us so uh we're, we're just stepping it up all around here on onr so um yeah so that's it pretty much as far as, far as the announcements all right um i one more announcement. I'm I'm probably I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to come on uh, for a midweek show. I don't know if you want to hop on or not, but like basically go over the end of the G1 and then like catch up on Stardom and go and preview the pay per view for Saturday for Stardom. So I'll I'll be on some point Thursday or something like that. So yeah. Um, but I guess we'll, I guess we'll get into it. Um, I guess we'll it's time to actually get into it now. Um, so where do you want to start? Um, let's go ahead and get the the returns in WWE uh, out the way first, because um, we have a lot of people here. I'm sure they saw the timeline and all the the most recent news before we get to Quake at the Lake, which I think was a phenomenal, phenomenal episode. Um, <clears throat> we have some returns uh, first. Uh, Hit Row is back. Minus Swerve. Uh, so that is Top Dollar, Ashanti the Adonis, and B Fab. I remember when they were released, said a lot of nice things about these people, especially Brianna. I was hoping that she got another shot in pro wrestling. I thought she was extra charismatic. Nothing changes there. Um, Top Dollar and Ashanti the Adonis look to be programmed as baby faces. Uh, there's still there, there's a lot of unknown for me here. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the elephant in the room is like there's no swerve this time to really mm-hmm. like give them that uh, that, that worker credibility that like um, that that star presence that he has. So it's going to be all on Top Dollar and Ashanti, who's uh, somewhat of a prospect himself. A lot of people speak highly of him. Top Dollar is, I think, more of an unknown uh, as far as a uh, in-ring talent. Uh, mm-hmm. We know he's loaded with charisma. He's got his own, you know, uh, sense of sense of self, which is which is really cool for uh, a wrestler for sure. And I think it is I, it, it, it is going to be tough though because like we don't really have anything for them to point to. It's not like there's a 10 year career behind them. Like Swerve has like when Swerve was with them, it's like, all right, there's something there's like 
built-in credibility here. There's not a lot of experience there with Hit Row, but it's it's almost a sink or swim because they didn't even really have all that time in NXT to really develop as, as workers and in-ring talent. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they're programmed uh, going forward. Um, AJ's in his early 30s, you know, NFL career, uh, not that much experience. So there, there's a lot going there. Um, I don't know how this is going to go, though. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. Um, it depends on what they want to, how they're going to slot this. Like, if they're just going, they're, I don't want to say if they're just like if the goal is for them to be between with Ashanti and with Top Dollar to be a, you know, a career tag team. I think that sets them up for success because they have the charisma to do it. They don't have to rely on, you know, one person having to overextend themselves or, you know, wrestle above the level that they're not capable of right now this second to be able to handle that. And with some of the tag teams that we have, like the Usos, like the New Day, like uh, RK Bro and the like, like there are a number of good tag teams that you can then put them in programs with and move them along. Um, and then when you have Brianna there, that's an easy heater, all that, right? Um, now if it, now if the thing is like, if Triple H or whoever is, I'm, I'm not even going to get into that. If Triple H has the idea that this is going to be a breakout machine for one of them, then I have different questions. Uh, but as far as, um, the easy path or whatever else is, you know, put them in there, let them go out there. And then also you think about it like, uh, Something I also noticed with NXT 2.0, like uh, Santos seems to be on his way up to the main roster. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming that would also be with Legato. And right there will be an instant thing that hit the ground running with, quite frankly, a few that like should have happened and been played out and realized fully in NXT. But it got scrapped to call up <coughs> Hit Row originally, and then they scrapped Hit Row. So, um yeah, uh, I I think that there. I think that this was, as far as just, just off the goodwill alone, it, it was a good idea. And then plus the idea of like if Triple H wants to, the NXTification of the main roster, if you will, like a lot of people have talked about it, but like, um, and have had their concerns. But I think like, I don't, I don't really, I, I really think it's worth it to have a good tag team like division or divisions, um on the main roster and that's a solid, that's a very solid tag team to have uh, for WWE. Um, I do question the the timing of it. It's coming off the heels of, uh, of also another return of, of Dexter Loomis coming yeah. back. Um, I was no Dexter Loomis fan. Neither was I. One. Um, <laughs> I don't know many of them. I think people were, uh, a lot of people were feigning excitement for Dexter Loomis. Uh, showing up getting arrested uh Dexter Loomis uh, all all capital letters uh exclamation points like a game changing star uh has appeared this is not the case um uh, i and then that on the heels of cross so i'm looking at like triple h and the the people that he's bringing back and it's like hmm. all right so is this this the plan I, I i help show me the plan what is the plan here it, I think Loomis is one where it's like I, he's not a hire. He's not a he's not a hire for me at all. Um, the other, um, as far as someone like Dakota Kai, EO, 
um, Hit Row, Cross, and Scarlet. Like those are people that like I, I feel like those people that are valuable to to any roster, depending on where you slot them. Of course, right? So having a problem with that, the Loomis thing is like I. The Loomis Act is just, it does nothing for me whatsoever. Nothing. It never did. So, um, you know, like, if, if I, not even as a comedy act did I ever find it funny. Like, when they, you know, him and Indy were, you know, on their honeymoon and he pulls out a thing of condoms, I was like, wait a second, y'all, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. Safe sex is, is, is great, but. I I I I had questions as why as to why that would exactly be funny, but whatever, like whatever. Um, yeah, I just, ugh. Loomis is the one where I was like, yeah, whatever. Any other ones, I'm like, I'm fine. Like, and I can see like if if you think that Triple H is going, uh, I can see you have concerns if you think Triple H is going to push these people or slightly people in uh, ways that were um, to the detriment of NXT like on the main roster. I just don't think that's going to happen, but. Outside of Loomis one, I, I I think they're fine. Uh, Loomis one, I'm just like uh, for who for what. Yeah, um, a lot of these people were around during the the not so great period of NXT that that often gets talked talked about. Uh, T Mess in the comments says all the good people they fired from Black and Gold have already been signed by AEW, so this is what he's got left to bring back. Uh, there are a few more people out there that I'd wonder if he had interest in, like W Morrissey. I I, I would for sure. If I was Triple H, I would be calling him for sure. Um, and, like, I thought about would they bring Enzo back, but that might be a bridge too far. But at least Morrissey, I, w- I would be uh, eager to see him get another chance somewhere. I, I think that if I had to choose between W. Morrissey or, like, ride with who I got, I think I'd try to figure out riding with who I got from now before. And then, like, break the glass case of emergency then i might need to call somebody else um because you know, he's in the signing mood that's what that's, so and, and there's a lot of wrestlers you know twerking on the timeline and, and doing their best to get noticed and stuff like that i i i think morrissey is complete like i think he did great in his impairment in his appearance in aw obviously he great. was still with impact i i think he, he looked solid um, and especially like as far as compared to what the hell he was in 2018, like his body's rebuilt. He's got like a presence about him. Uh, I would advocate for WWE to look at that guy and especially like with their audience. They already know who he is. Uh, they love the guy um, at at his, uh, you know, at his peak there um, as a baby face. He, he's a Northeast guy. I think this is a no-brainer. I would be much higher on bringing a W. Morrissey than a Karrion Cross. Uh, I've seen better matches from Cross, even the ones that disappointed me more than than uh, Morrissey. But that's your opinion. Like I, like quite frankly, if I, if I was WWE and I felt like I need to resign a big guy just because they're big, then I I'd bring back I just bring back Braun. I, I, I just would because it's like Braun was already over and then like with the right people you can have them just run into shit and all that kind of stuff and do the main event monster match where you run into shit and the shit breaks and blows up around the ringside stuff and I just do that with Braun Strowman like every two months like to be quite honest with you but it uh, like uh, but, I, but I guess we're now here choosing between Karrion Cross and W. Morrissey uh, I didn't know the picture was this slim for dudes over 240 pounds in pro wrestling in America Jesus <laughs> Fuck. 
goes. How it goes, man. Um, I didn't, I didn't, look, between – I didn't know – look, we got – Drew McIntyre, we got Walter, we got Roman Reigns, we got Brock Lesnar retainer, and I, there's somebody else I'm forgetting also. Did I say Drew McIntyre? Did I say Walter. Bobby Lashley? Did I say Walter? Did I say Roman Reigns? I, those are people that come to mind. Like I don't, I don't really feel the need that we need to go add more big guys. Like I, I, maybe I'm mistaken here. I don't know. Like whatever. It is New York, right? It is New York, so you can never have too many. It's like pass rushers. You can never have too many of them, I guess, or too many fight. Uh, uh, power arms in the in the rotation in the pitching staff. I don't know, but I just see it as like I don't. There's no need to bring in a slew of guys all at once. If you want to bring them in over time sporadically, cool. But like, I don't think I don't really see the need to bring in like just a, a whole wing of 2020 of 2021's NXT to, uh, uh, just cause. Um, Leo Rush is making noise like like he may be uh, he, he put something on his social media today. It was like a highlight reel of him doing like yoga or something. He had like a ninja type bandana on and um, he was put up a highlight clip of various times that he spent in WWE uh, stuff like that. So he's he's got something there, but I don't know. Leo Rush is an ultimate wild card for me at this yeah. point. There's and, uh, I don't and- think there's any reason to. Okay. I'll say like this. Forget that part. No, we ain't got to go that far. This man went on Jericho's podcast and said that Triple H still owes him money. Did he not do that? <laughs> Did that not happen? Yeah. Like, there's that. I don't think he's like, getting signed. Do we need to go any further? I, I I think I would probably say about Leo Rush because that, everyone's been talking about this all day. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I've been it's swamped like, with other things. Like... I feel like Leo Rush is almost as trustworthy as Kyrie Irving at this point. Um, and nothing to do with like a vaccine status. It just means anything uh, that can go wrong almost will at this point, whether it's a he physical will, he, thing, whether it's like him feeling insulted about something and like not shit just doesn't work, work for him, which is his right and all that. But there's just a lot, I think, with Leo that it's good that he's been out the ring to try to like figure this stuff out, especially physically. Um, but he's, he's got obviously lots of talent, but it just, he just has not found the right situation. Uh, Triple H, it didn't work. Vince, it obviously didn't work. Tony Khan, it didn't work. New Japan, he's done a, like a couple one-offs here and there. So it's like, if usually like w- at least one of those three would be able to like, make it work with you mm-hmm. uh, he's still got his music passions that he's he's still going after so um as far as leo goes i don't know as i mentioned i don't know why there would be a reason to trust him at this point but if you feel like you can crack the code i think you gotta try but you have to i'm talking like court bauer or something like feels like they can crack the code on leo rush but mlw is so kind of low profile it may not be worth it Yeah, I'm with you. I he's so fucking talented, Jesus Christ. But I, 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 he's he. I guess you give him one more shot. Like you give many shots as you can tolerate with the head with whatever comes with you know him being in and out the lineup, if you will. Uh, like when you said to carry everything, it, it it did strike. Like I just started thinking of all the Stephen A. Smith. He won't show up to work stuff. Um, 
but yeah, like the dude is so talented. Like, and you, you do give it as many chances as you possibly can before you just say, "I've had enough." So yeah, like we're gonna be going through this for like the next decade of Leo Rush maybe going in and out of places on a whim. I think I feel that I feel like that's gonna happen at least over the next like five years. So dude's that talented. I am advocating for for Hunter the game, the King of Kings, the Deathmatch specialist himself. Go ahead, bring him back. You know you want to. Who am I talking about? Is returning. It is time. Right here. Look look at me, Triple H. Look over your nose. I, I know you guys just got the earning report, right? You need top draws. You need people that your fan base loves. You need people to tell stories. You need people to eat innings. You need them. Who? Let him back in. The Fiend. Bring him home, Triple H. Bring him home so I don't have to worry about him showing up anywhere I care about. Bring him home so he can contribute to professional wrestling that is terrible. Bring him home so he can contribute to people getting under in this business. Please do it for me. Do it for this podcast. Do it for the Twitch chat. Do it for the world. Thank you. So I had I had no idea you were going, and then I guess once you say eat innings, I was like, oh, he's is he going there? And then I was like, oh, okay, he's talking about Wyatt. Yeah, I don't. Is that still a thing? Yes. Is it, like, is it there, a thing because he's, rep- still, he's just still out there, or is it actually like some some there, there and, some reporting this past week that that saying all signs point to that could be going like you know the winds are blowing that way. Well, whatever. Like because <laughs> every day I wake up thinking today is the day that Tony Khan is going to jump off the bridge and sign Bray Wyatt, and I'm just like going to have to. Figure something out, but uh, every day, um, you it, know, was, was that, it, that was, goes it Eric, by. was it the Eric Redbeard that scared you? <laughs> you know what? No, no. Like, oh, uh, this Eric, homie, his homie showed up. Oh no! Oh you know, no! You, you know what? No, because I would associate him more with Brody Lee. Like I, I feel like I can compartmentalize that, but I don't assume that that okay. that leads to Bray Wyatt. So like okay. I've. That I didn't get that feeling, but uh, if Bray Wyatt is coming anywhere, he needs to go back there. He's got unfinished business. <laughs> please, please. But yeah, man, um, that, that's what's got to happen. Like it, it, it's only it's only right. Um, it's the way it goes, man. But uh, as far as um, I guess we should talk about AW Quake at the Lake. Okay, Man. so uh, I remember this being a great show, but like I don't remember anything from the past week. <laughs> so here goes. So once you go through this, my you know it'll jog some memories or whatever else. But I, I am wholly re- having to rely on you. I don't remember anything outside of like thinking like Jericho versus Moxie was great. Uh, how great? I don't know. We'll have to go through this to kind of jog my memory. I've, I, my mind's gone, bro. So you're gonna have to you know. I I, I got you. Fill in the gaps. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Yeah, man. So, um, AW Quake of the Lake, phenomenal show. Um, this, I, I know people kind of like have, have been thinking about like the, the AW special show names. They may not be as effective like ratings wise and, and things like that. They've done lots of them. Um, but I think the cool thing about it is AW is trying to create their own history. So, like, you know, next time there's a Quake at the Lake in Minnesota, Minnesota's awesome crowd. Uh, I believe our homeboy, um, Frankie Leone was in the crowd, uh, there tonight. Same place as a uh, full gear target center so uh this whole thing uh is began with a coffin match uh brody king versus darby allen blood within minutes and this was just just blood everywhere insane amount of physicality in this match um as far as like uh you know just just throwing throwing (laughs) uh brody king throwing darby everywhere darby bouncing all around uh darby taking the action back to Brody King, uh, whether it was, you know, the, those dives. And uh, there was like an avalanche code red by Darby Allen at one point. Um, there was there was a run in uh, at some, at a certain point, but the House of Black came out after Julia Hart uh, started tripping up Darby. Uh, Matthews and Malachi Black were there. Um, they basically kind of walked around and then the lights went uh, or <laughs> they they walked around and then Sting was laying in the coffin. He opened it. Sting gets out the coffin. It was excellent. Uh, crowd went nuts. Uh, he kind of has Sting and Malachi Black kind of have this dynamic that I think is actually kind of interesting. Uh, and the less they say, the better. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think they're playing on the part where it's like you know, at first when Malachi first showed up, he was beating Cody's ass and everything. It felt like he was almost like there. Like he was going to be like their undertaker in a way. And then mm-hmm. like, and then once you throw in, you know, the crow sting, then it naturally turns into, Oh, you know, we got to get these two on camera together. I don't hate yeah. it, but you're, but you're probably right. As far as like <clears throat> more fight, more fighting and wrestling Malachi, less talking. And I think, I think, I think Malachi says about he's, he's like working through it. He's working with like a back injury that he thought like could have like ended his career. So I think that's the reason why there's a lot of, of the him doing promo instead of like wrestling right now. The crazy thing is like, if he's like looking injured or whatever, I could not tell he's in phenomenal physical condition right now. Like best I've ever seen him. Um, uh, but this all ends with, you know, um, like Brody getting, uh, like, Darby taking advantage of 
Brody, excuse me. And um, there are thumbtacks on the underside of the coffin. So if you try to get out of it, there's, there's it's disgusting. This match is blood everywhere. Check it out. Highly recommended. Um, and there was the uh, the thing about this feud is Darby has been getting attacked everywhere by Brody King. Brody King has been choking him, putting the, putting him to sleep everywhere but the finish to this match is uh you know uh darby has the chain that that brody king can't uh you know normally wears uh mm-hmm. and he goes in the ring and he hangs king over the ropes until brody king goes limp he falls and perfectly lands uh in the coffin and the coffin closes on itself uh this is awesome i'd probably go four on this yeah i go four on it as well and i remember and like i thought that the ending given how they they were in uh that battle royal and he got choked out and hung over uh tam nakano nasapoi style uh and then dropped like lead to the reversal of it uh and and the big guy falls into the casket and the ca- he bumps the casket falls in and the in the door shuts behind it i was like it's almost like a video game ending of a boss fight where like you lower down the meter and then now you get the animation uh, showing you how like the person just basically how the boss basically just dies and you're just like how convenient how he just falls to the thing and then it closes shut i was like i wonder i want to know if this was just serendipity or if this is like just just perfect which one i want to yeah. or if there's like a thing that's, that's like that we didn't see that like closed the thing that we couldn't tell because it was just it was just it was it was too convenient. It was almost it was like, hmm. <laughs> I, I, I I want to know what went into that happening. Was it just sheer luck, or was it just like practice, or what? Yeah, man. Um, up next we had uh, a Moxley promo, basically saying he wants to rename the title to the FYI title. Uh, Jericho's body is going to break. Uh, Jericho then uh, got to respond to him uh, in a promo, basically saying he's going to win the title. Uh, they were both by themselves got back to the ring it was tornado tag action lfi lafaction and gobernables against the lucha brothers uh this was a really good match um ironically i would have thought they may have done a better traditional tag team match rather than just like uh them all in the ring together at the same time it's like just like bend the rules um, as far as like the, like seeing the tags and the traditional tag structure, I think would have actually been more exciting than this was because some of the time I think there was just like, you know, both guys would be down and then both would be kicking the shit out of them. And I don't know, there's it was less back and forth to me it, in this match what, what I felt like a regular match would have been. It felt like they want it felt like a lucha tag that had tornado tag rules. Mm-hmm. And like. You know, as you mentioned, like the times where they were, you know, they're in most of the action was so much contained in the ring between uh, the four that it felt like almost unnecessary. Like they could have just did a lucha tag and, you know, 2v2 and it'd be fine. But I, it always, I don't know if it was like uh, Tony Khan or whoever else is overthinking of like, well, they don't, they're, they're not going to pay attention to the tag rules anyway. So let's just get that shit out of there. And then ultimately, like, it would have, it would have better benefited them to just have done. You know, lucha tag, uh, lucha tag rules. And I don't has there has there been a lucha tag rules match in AEW before? There's had to have been, right? Not that I, I not that I know of, where where someone rolls out the ring and then you know the you next person is a legal man. Yeah, yeah. it's a no tag tag match. Yeah, I, I would have to had to look really hard uh, to see if that's actually happened. But hmm. um, this match was, was like obviously these these guys all showed up. Um, like we we're still getting good roosh, uh, which is good. Uh, Andrade is 
looking big as ever. He was in the t-shirt and all that. And I something weird is weird about this. I'm like, Andrade's lifting all these weights. He's in the best physical condition we've ever seen him. Yet he's wearing more clothing than ever. Like he doesn't want to like show off the, the the wear, the guns. Like like what's the deal with this? I mean, I don't know. As, as I don't know, it's going around. Like I've been watching the G one and like Tamatonga like looks like a future heavyweight world heavyweight champion, and that man like keeps the keeps the the vest on, and then like the, when he hulks up to fire up, he takes it off. Like I, I saw that seven times or six times over the span of the last four days. I don't no. know what's going on. Like, I remember Jericho was talking about that, about like, you know, I lift all these goddamn weights. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to wear a shirt. Like, why would I do that? But that's what he wants to do. Whatever. Yeah. Man. I guess he's trying to sling that merch, but, um, yeah, that could this, be part uh, of it. Yeah. Uh, this, um, ended up with, uh, Phoenix or excuse me, um, Pentagon getting tied. Uh, of course, his mask always comes back to haunt him, uh, <laughs> tied into the ropes, and he unmasked himself, which is a very important distinction to make. Uh, I saw a lot of people wondering whether uh, this should be a disqualification since it was Lucha Rules. Well, one, that's only in Mexico. Right. And two, he unmasked himself right. to, to get out of that to help this thing. That wasn't something the opponent did to him. Yes. This, this man so. made a sacrifice to save his brother. Um, yep. it was great. It was a, um, great plot point. Um, and it ultimately still didn't save him cause boy, they put, I forgot. I think, yeah, it was, uh, put Phoenix in that corner and Roosh fucking crushed him with that corner basement drop kick. I, I Killed think, him. What was he calling something horns? That's his finish. Uh, the horns. I, 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 that's his finish. Sure. That's his finish. It's been his finish ever since I've ever seen him in ring honors. Like he puts you in the corner. He does the basic, like the running, like running from one corner to the opposite one with a running basement dropkick in the mouth, and he fucking just hit, <laughs> hit Phoenix as hard as he could in the mouth with his feet, and then uh, they pinned him. And I was like, God damn. Or maybe Marie Andrade hit a move too, and then pinned him. I forgot which one it was, but he just laid into Phoenix. Yeah, for sure. Um, this one, I would probably say it was still like four or four and a quarter still. Right. All, all the, uh, despite my. Yeah, like. Yeah, we're like giving we're trying at to figure yeah, like this is where we're at now. We're trying to figure like how come this wasn't a five star match? <laughs> That's kind of why wasn't this a match? Why wasn't this one of the very best matches of the year? Like because of the level of talent in the ring. Yeah, like this is still a great ass match. Yeah, I'm with you. So, uh, so, so in the back, uh, they cut back there, and uh, the Bucks were looking for Hangman Page. Um, so they found him with the Dark Order. Matt Jackson did like kind of a long uh, speech. He said he's a proud of Hangman, and his best times in his life were with Hangman. And but maybe the trolls on the internet are right. Maybe they hold people back. Blah blah blah. Um, Matt then asked Hangman to reunite the Hung Bucks one last time in the trios tournament. Hangman then says he would, but he's with the Dark Order this time. And, you know, the Dark Order has had his back from day one. And the Dark Order is going to be in the trios tournament. He's not going to be in it, but he's going to be in their corner. Kind of a callback for um, AEW All Out 2019 when Hangman asked the Bucks to second him and they turned him down. And now the shoe's on the other foot. So uh, this all kind of led into uh, just the Bucks kind of being heartbroken here and just like, they, they didn't get it. I don't want to say they didn't get it, but it was like, I think I imagine if you're a Hangman Page fan, you were happy he turned the Bucks down. Like if like you're right with Hangman, right or wrong, right? If you're one of those people, right? Uh, you're like, good. You know, was this a smart move for Hangman here? 
Whether it was a smart move, I don't really know. Ultimately, I know at some point they're going to get back together. I don't know if that's in, I don't know how soon that is, but sometime within the next two or three years, they're going to get back together and it's going to be this big, you know, forgiveness tour and people are going to love it and like, I, whatever. Good for them. It good for y'all, right? Whoever's into that thing, I'm glad y'all are going to get it and y'all are going to be like, I we waited for all this and all the ups and downs. But I, I could not help but notice, uh, <laughs> And Mac Jackson came out and said all that, baby, please. It reminded me of like one of my favorite rom-coms uh, where like the, the gist of it is these people meet each other by chance on a plane flight from Los Angeles to New York. They run into each other again while they're in New York on vacation. Years later, they meet up again. Another time after they meet up again where they're all, it's always right place, wrong time. They're star-crossed lovers. And at the end, they end up together because she thinks that he's going to get married. And she makes a play, finds out that, like, uh, it wasn't him getting married. It was his, his sister getting married. And, like, at one point towards the very end, uh, <laughs> homeboy run up on homegirl. Right, who's basically like months into a relationship and, and runs up on her and says, Emily, I'm flat broke. I don't have a job. I don't have a plan. And I know, I know I'm probably six years too late. Will you give me strike one back? That is what Matt Jackson dropped on uh, Hangman Page. And Page said, Hey, you take that shit somewhere else right now. I'm with my friends, my real friends. And I was sitting there like, Matt gonna Matt go cry in the car. Matt gonna go cry in the car on the way leaving. And I was, I just, I, I, I was just laughing at it. Because I was like, <laughs> congratulations, you played yourself. I just, like. Had to take that L in public. I, like, the thing, you know? the, thing for, the thing for me is like, because, you know, me, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really stuck on, like, um, not, not showing my emotions to people that I actually, like, care about. So, like, to see, like, the toxic masculinity build up in this kind of way to where they, like, you know, it's time to break it and like, all, all the awkwardness, like, nah, man, just say that shit and move on. Like, so for me, I'm, I'm just like, I, I I thought it was funny and hilarious because, like, you know, like, in theory, like, in theory, all this shit's been built up in his head of, like, I, I can't say this to him. How's it gonna go? Got to the point where it's like, I need to say this to them now. It, I need to say this to him now so that he can understand before it's too late. And then, like, but Adam Page is like, bruh, like, if you want to be friends, that's cool. But, like, uh, I'm not going to tag with you. Nah. Like, I'm, but my friends is actually stuck with me as opposed to saying, like, you know, whatever. Because all, all of this stuff is just, like, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's very melodramatic or whatever else. And I don't mind it being melodramatic. But I, I just think that like it it was embarrassing for Matt for Matt Jackson and I and, and I I really enjoyed it as far as the the comedy part of it. Um, but yeah. you know they're going to eventually they will find their way back to each other, and everybody will be happy. So like I, that's why I'm not like killing it. I just think it's funny to laugh at like look at the, look at what he put himself through. But he oh. gonna get he gonna eventually he gonna get her eventually he gonna get her back. You know in quotation marks. Yeah, and they gonna oh. have the, the best the the best makeup sex. But uh. Yeah, I- where do you, what I, I was thought, your take on it? I thought this was a very important step in the overall elite storyline or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, like Matt and Hangman have always had the most visceral kind of uh, kind of beef here. Uh, uh, I think Kenny and Hangman has 
a different dynamic that I, I think kind of stands on its own. But as far as this, it's like Matt, they, they did all, all this stuff. They kicked him out of the elite in public. I feel like he had to apologize to the man in public as well. Like essentially it's like you had to do this. And I, but why did he kick him I, out? I like, uh, well, they kicked him out because he fucked them. And but it goes even further back that they wouldn't second him initially, you know, when he was challenging Jericho um, or facing Jericho for, for the championship. So it all kind of goes back there. So um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm really into it. And I I'm just I I don't really try to predict what these guys are going to do, because it always kind of just like I'm like, oh, OK, you can kind of tell where it's going. Obviously, now we've got the return of possibly Kenny. I'm this next week. Uh, who are we kidding? It's him. Uh, there's a huge six man tag set uh, with the trios uh, tournament bracket. Uh, might as well uh, find that trios tournament bracket. And if I believe correctly, the top right uh, is a person tournament. The top right, or sorry, top left is uh, Dev Triangle versus um, Ozzy Open and Osprey. The bottom, uh, bottom right, or sorry, bottom left is Young Bucks plus. No, am I, I? I'm wrong on that. I already yeah. messed it up. You you yeah, had you it, it, don't you? Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. So it is Death Triangle and Aussie Open, uh, and right. then uh, uh, it is the Bucks and Mystery Partner, mm-hmm. which is Versus. Kenny uh, Andrade, Roosh, and Dragon Lee. Right, right, right. And then the right side, uh, it is Dark Order versus the House of Black. Yep. And then the Trust Busters versus the Best Friends. So, that right side uh, of the is hella weak. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's going to be an angle to put Hangman in this tournament at some point. Um, so, who knows? Maybe he replaces, like, he, he right now he said he's not in the tournament. I don't believe that. I think there's going to be some type of injury to a Dark Order member. Like, someone's going to run up on Evil Uno or something. He's not going to be able to comp- compete. They're going to ask Hangman to take his spot, and that's how we get the quote-unquote strength of um, in the in the middle uh, on of the ter- right side. In the middle of the tournament, or like no, before the tournament the begin- starts? beginning. Be- before it starts. Okay, because I'm about to say, because um, if they if they do um, in the middle of the tournament, I'd be like, how convenient. They can get a, su- a motherfucker sub in while all these other guys have to just rough it, huh? Cool. But yeah, if they if they want to do that, I guess cool, whatever, that's fine. Um, like that's that's my, I think that's my like that's how you get the final with, with Hangman on the other side from the elite. That's how you do that. Yeah, but I, I, um, I would say this: like Dark Order has no like if if he's just gonna be there like championing them or not championing them. Uh, if he's gonna be like basically just like managing them and like uh cornering them, whatever else, they have no business getting past the set or getting to the final. No business. Yeah, I, I think there's a substitution. And they didn't name people on purpose, I think. There's something there. But uh, mm-hmm. the Trust Busters have drawn a lot of conversation uh, this week. Um, <laughs> so the Trust don't Busters now I know I know are, what you've been talking about. Oh, don't, don't, don't do it. You, you're gonna, it's going to come out and bite you on the ass in the long run. Don't do it. I'm telling I, you now, I, I don't, don't do it. I don't. I don't know what you're referring to, sir. Okay. So all right, I, I, we'll see. I don't know what you're referring to, but uh, the Trust Busters new unit put together. Obviously, um, they they originally started on Dark. Uh, went they were on Rampage this week, um, and they got introduced last week on Dynamite. Uh, it's Parker Boudreaux who competed as Harland in NXT. Uh, Arya Davari, Slim J, and the newly turned heel Sunny Kiss. 
So um, I didn't catch Rampage, um, but that is kind of an interesting dynamic. Uh, a lot of people wanted Sonny Kiss to get a chance somewhere, so here it is. Um, obviously, uh, Boudreaux is someone that I didn't really watch in NXT 2.0 because why would I watch NXT 2.0? So he has a fresh slate with me uh, and he's a social media star already. Like he's taking pictures with everybody. And, you know, I think I saw a picture of him and Rick Ross the other day. So that was pretty funny. Um, But yeah, their inclusion is pretty controversial. Everybody's like, well, why are these guys in this tournament here? Um, I think they're losing in round one to the best friends in fucking off. But I don't know. Uh, is this a waste of a spot? To me, it feels that way. <laughs> like uh, the you see how packed and like loaded that whole left side of the bracket is, and then you look at the right side, and it's like, well, well, what are we doing? Um. So you know, and then you also look at some of the teams that are still available and out there. Like you could do, you know. Wardlow and, and freaking FTR. You could do, like, there's a bunch of other tag teams, or, or sorry, trios teams that are out and about in AEW that I feel like are bigger deals or whatever else in in the tr- potential trios division has been laid out over the, you know, since the beginning of the company's history. Uh, so I, I just found it weird um, that that's what they decided to do with it. Uh, but whatever, like if it's just somebody to feed, it's somebody to feed. But uh, I would have liked like a more competitive. Like this doesn't feel like the tag team tournament. Like maybe I'm mistaken on that, but it felt like it was a more loaded field or whatever, or more evenly distributed field where like you can have like uh, a team like Private Party upset the Young Bucks. I, I it, like I gotta say like if Best Friends get upset, they're against uh, it's Best Friends Trustbusters, right? Yes. If they beat Orange Cassidy, <laughs> I would be furious. Do you understand me? Like so, so that's why I'm, that's why I'm thinking. Like, I, you know, that, that, that's kind of where my my logic is on it, or whatever else. But if they're if they turn to be good, they, they're going to be good. Whatever. Like, we'll see. But um, I think like that's one of those like pin them and move and move and move on quickly type of thing. Yeah. Um. I. Th- I think Trustbusters is an interesting concept. I'm willing to give it some rope just because of like when we saw Sanjay Dutt, Lethal, and uh, Satinum scene together, we were like, well, what the fuck is this? And then it turned out to be kind of entertaining. Um, oh, I'm, not writing, them, I'm not writing them off. I just. Not I you. Just, I, everyone else. Okay. okay, okay, okay. That's <laughs> when fair. We saw, I guess that's when, fair. Yeah. When we saw Daniel Garcia in 2.0 last year. What the fuck is this? And it turned out, you know, great. So uh, they've got a little bit of goodwill here with me. That's uh, another team that could be in here that I'd rather have in here besides. Uh, I believe uh, in the comments they're saying uh, Daddy Magic is injured at the moment. So they're not doing that. I mean, there's a, uh, there's there's like 40 people in JSA. You can come <laughs> up with any combination of Garcia, uh, uh, Sammy Guevara, and whoever else. Obviously, you're going to be like, well, Garcia and – or uh, Garcia and Kingston are kind of earmarked for pay-per-view or whatever else. But, like, there's yeah. a number of them. Hager, what's Hager doing? Hager's at, look, being, there's no reason. Being there, protected. There's no reason to have being Hager. Being protected. You stupid. There's no reason to have Hager on the roster outside of being in tags anyway. So, you get, so like, yeah, like, bring him out. 
<laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like it's fairly obvious the winners come from the left side, and all we really need is a good final for them. So maybe that's the uh, the, the way they've gone. There's also been, you know, if you look at some of the AW tournaments in the past, I want to say like the Eliminator tournament. A lot of them were very obvious uh, yeah, what's going to yeah. happen. So I I think I think Dark Order is going to the finals uh, personally uh, on the right side, and I think it comes down to the elite. So um, one thing we'll be interested to see if you know there's a semifinal match of Will Osprey and Ozzy Open against the Elite. I'm definitely trying to see Kenny and Osprey in the ring together. Um, very excited. I, I, I kind of buried the lead there, but uh, the return of Kenny Omega after what it's been nine months, maybe more. Very excited for this. Um, first time he's going to be as close to healthy, I think, as, as he can claim to be uh, since at least, well, that, that never goes away, the vertigo, um, 2017. <laughs> so um, really excited to see uh, what, what he's what he's got in store. Um, they definitely can, can use him. I think he's kind of been the forgotten man out here. So uh, he's going to roll in with the trios thing here. And um, I'm going to, you know, hear the battle cry pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like what what are what are your expectations for for him um as long as he's in better shape or condition or you know health than he was before he you know left like he should be fine like he's one of the five best wrestlers i've ever seen in my life like he's like not 45 or, or old with you know like if he's like if he's even like if he came out, think of think of the last match we saw him before he went into surgery. One of the best matches yeah. of last year, right? One of the very best matches yeah. of last year, right? He supposedly is healthier now. I think Kenny Omega will be fine. <laughs> like, I, don't, I have no concern for Kenny Omega. It's Kenny O'Fucking Omega. He's not fifty. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I don't feel like we're really gonna see like unless he designs it as such. I don't think we're gonna be looking at ring rust here. I don't think we're gonna be looking at somebody that like I. This is a man I I've seen um come off the operating table and be back at it in nine days before. So wait, um, do people think that he hasn't like taken a bump yet or something? He's very private and secretive about this recovery. A lot of people have heard nothing. So well, um, well, okay, so. Rich, we live here in Florida. We know like there's a bunch of different places where there are wrestling rings set up all around this state that he could go. I believe he lives in Orlando as well. All right, like I don't, I, I don't think that like he got cleared and then they said we're putting you on TV tomorrow, uh, Chief. Good luck. Like I'm sure he's done some type of training or whatever else. And regardless of whatever it is, it's still Kitty Omega. The mind, like. I don't. How long do you think it takes him to, to get himself back in the ring shape after like wrestling nonstop for you know a couple years before, before and before that like a whole decade in Japan? Like I I, I two weeks. I I don't know how this works or whatever else. Like you know like I could touch I could touch a basketball. I go a couple years without touching a basketball, and after a month touching a basketball, like I'm I'm pretty decent. But I I but. I think that like he he has got himself to a shape to to where he could you know do his, whatever rehab he's doing and then he started taking bumps and go and then like he's been watching whatever he's been watching or thinking about whatever he's been thinking or looking at whatever he's looked at and like he'll be fine like I don't think that like this is some concern like I don't think they like uh, I don't think it's like a like a football injury where it's like 
he's been gone for X amount of time, and now he's got to go through practice and figure it out necessarily. Or not necessarily practice, but like he has to go through and get himself in shape or or whatever else. Like he's in a trios match. He lays all that stuff out with the Young Bucks. He's kind of protected in that way, and he'll get himself some more reps until the pay-per-view. And for the time being, he's going to be in a trios. So, like, he'll be fine. Hey, man. I will have to be physically restrained if this is a five-star match next week. Uh, because Kenny Omega's in there with Mexicans and the Young Bucks. <laughs> this, is a, this is a recipe for success. Don't let him get five stars next week. Oh, man. It's going to be a great match. There's no doubt it's going to be a great match. <laughs> like, this is a level of talent in the ring. Like, he, like, he, like he, was, he had a bunch of, like, shoulder issues. That was the main thing was the shoulder, right? Yeah, the shoulder was a big one. He'll be fine. Yeah, com- got, got some comments. So, um, okay. I've been seeing this, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous, for one. What? Sir Sam. Shout out to Sir Sam. I love him. He says, any chance for Obuchi? He said it's a 1% chance, but would be interesting. I don't Kota Obuchi so. doesn't make sense in the storyline to me at all, for one. Kota Obuchi is, one, very injured and probably dealing with the Yakuza. <laughs> like, yeah. so... And New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it's like I don't see that as realistic at all. It almost feels like this. Uh, you, you remember last year when when CM Punk's return was? Everyone's like, "Well, what if it's something else?" It's like it's not. Like, yeah. I, can, can we stop? Like that? Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Um, yeah, and also like while this stuff has been let out the bag about like Abushi and Kakuchi, whatever else. Like the the story was that like a lot of that fucking like Golden Lovers Young Bucks merch money like that he was old did not get to him, but it went to but like the Young Bucks got their cut. You think he wants to work with the Young? He wants to work. He's like eager to work with the Young Bucks. Like he's probably looking at like, like he's probably fucking took my money. A conversation needs to be had right. first, right? Um, right. Yeah. So, MJF should come out to his theme. Exactly. Sa- same thing. Like, I, I like. This, remember this when CM Punk was coming back? This is a real promotion for all these kind of all the perverse things that can happen, as opposed to like you actually getting what everyone is expecting. This isn't a prom- this isn't a promotion that does that. This isn't a promotion that's going to like after like months after CM Punk leaves. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the first time in Chicago, they play the CM Punk music, and then Paul Heyman walks out. This isn't that promotion. This isn't that promotion. It's not. So, um, back to the show. Um, Luchasaurus versus Anthony Henry. Another squash for Luchasaurus. Still evil. Kind of. Jungle Boy's on commentary. He's wearing the, 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 the old school he's just, stuff. He, he's wearing the dark clothes. He's still got the music. So, I guess, like, you know, he went to the heel music maker, which is the same as the babyface music maker. Um, and But he's, he keeps the, the whole get-up going. I was like, why are we doing a Luchasaurus squash? Huh? Like, I was confused. And then I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, I was like, here we go. And then Christian's on the Tron. Jungle Boy chase him down. Uh, Pat Buck's back there. Uh, all security jumps in front of Jungle Boy. Six dudes to hold back the 150 pound dude. And but Luchasaurus comes back, kills all those guys. He gives Pat Buck a headbutt. After that, Miro's talking to Ju- uh, doing a promo, and Julia Hart comes up. So, uh, he basically tells her there's only one woman that, that can put her hands on a redeemer, 
Uh, and he said he accepts the invitation to the House of Black, but like, does that mean like he accepts the invite to beat their ass, like to redeem them? Like, nah, like what's the what's the the, the part deal that I here? think people missed is he said one. Uh, we'll we'll get to the other part that I thought was funny, but he said like I accept their gift, meaning like getting sprayed in the face. But he said I will use it to destroy them. It's like I'm, I've accepted what I, the card has been dealt with, and I'm going to kill y'all. That, like, so I don't. I, that's that's basically that's not verbatim what he said, but that's basically what he said. It's like I accept what happened to me, and I'll use it to destroy y'all. He literally said I'll use it to crush them or crush y'all or crush whatever noun it was, whatever. So, but I, I okay. So Miro's been in that dark room for doing the Redeemer thing for 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 you know at times for like a year, right? Very similar to the broom closet with uh with uh <laughs> Alistair Black is like how. How did how did you know which room it was in whichever building or which portal it was to the dimension that uh, that that Miro was in? And she showed these up. all things I don't want to think about. No, I'm just saying like I didn't know you could just. I, I'm I'm obviously going o- 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 over the top with it, but my whole thing was like I didn't know you could just pull up on Miro like that. <laughs> just like this this flat out. I didn't know you could just go to wherever Miro is unannounced. I figured Miro would have a lock on whatever or wherever it's, you know place he was. I figured that place would be secure. Like there's no way you get in without calling him first for him to let you in. So it's like, it's, it's like why it's like why do is that I've been why am I forced to think about how did Miro <laughs> get invaded on like like get them in the ring? Yeah. I, I I don't give a fuck what they're talking about. Like yeah. same same here. Like. <laughs> And also like uh with um Brody and with um Darby and with Sting and with uh Malachi, like it seems like they're in like you've already seen like Miro make a save for Darby like uh to stop House of Black from destroying him at one point, like that's not, like why can't I just see Miro and Sting and Darby as a t- as a babyface tag team versus House of Black? They've, te- they've, they've, I don't think they've officially teased, but like they've been floating around that kind of match for a while now. That's probably pay per view match. That's probably yeah. pay per view match. Yeah. Because what else are you gonna do with Darby and Sting? Because Darby Singer has to be on every single pay per view. Um. So we had uh, Lethal Dutt and uh, Satnam out there. Uh, another fresh suit for Satnam. Uh, Dutt said that Satnam put Wardlow through a table on Battle of the Belts um, last Saturday, Saturday before. Lethal said the message is simple. Defend the title against Jay one more time or they're going to come take it. Wardlow comes out with the belt, um, says you got it. But tonight, Wardlow's going to whoop all three of their asses. Uh, Wardlow gets in and FTR comes out for the save. Big reaction for FTR. Uh, they basically run off these guys. So FTR and Wardlow uh, standing tall. Uh James, I remember you had you had liked the uh, tapestry uh, in this segment. Yes, 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 yes. Like, uh, Duck was well dressed, Jay Lethal was well dressed, Singh was well dressed, and and the homie Wardlow was well dressed. And I was like, this is like shaped up to be the best dressed segment of 2022 in professional wrestling. And then out comes fucking FTR wearing sleeveless t-shirts and and, and boot cut jeans and, and whatever the fuck was on their feet. And I was like, you, 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 you ruined it, damn it. Y'all was just in Pinnacle and y'all did the fake uh, JCP horseman shit in front of the private jet. I remember that. That was like 
a year and a half ago. I remember that. Where where are the suits? Did, they had to bring did, them back. did MJF take the suits away from y'all? They, they y'all couldn't keep them. y'all suits. They had to bring them back back to uh, JC Penny. Man, I I I was just was them suits rented, James? Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe they were. I don't know. But I was just like, everybody's <sighs> dressed nice. Everyone looks like, you know, in the words of my grandma, whenever you got you wore a nice suit or wore some church clothes or you got a haircut, you look like somebody. Everybody looked like somebody except for them. Niggas. And I was just like, all right. I, I guess the young, the young bus would just had to, had to give these boys a raise of some type. And, you know, maybe they'll be able to change their uh, situation on, on, on the dress. But up next, uh, we have Ricky Starks versus Aaron Solo. Uh, these guys were longtime tag team partners and uh, kind of just a story beat for the Hobbs um, uh, deal. Oh, before that, um, Jer- the Jericho Appreciation Society and Anna JAS were in the back. Uh, Anna J says something like she I don't, I don't know what she said this time, but it was out there. Uh, good. Yeah, and then then she choked someone out, and it's just like someone off screen, right? Uh, I think yes, I think she choked someone off, uh, choked someone off screen, and it is something every week that is drawing conversation. Uh, is it drawing conversation? Is it drawing drawing conversation in one of our particular chats? Oh, for sure. Okay, because. <laughs> Let's move on, man. Let's move on. <laughs> it's bad. It, it, it's, um, it's not good. But like, I don't think it's like the worst fucking thing ever. It needs to be talked about every single week. But yeah, whatever. To each his own, I guess. Um. But yeah, we had Rick, Rick Starts and Aaron Solo. This was all right. I thought if we're going to shoot Ricky Starts off um, to babyface them, I would have liked to do it in a more exciting fashion. It's kind of felt like an NWA TV match uh, for me. Kind of an exciting finish on it, though. I liked um, uh, Solo going for that kick, but uh, Rick, Ricky basically ducking it and, and hitting the uh, the uh, big spear. Uh, so basically the factories added Cole Carter uh, as well as, you know, the, the rest of the guys. Ricky gets the win and... Yeah, short fashion. Not really much uh, here to say. Yeah, just to clear this up, uh, Sam in the uh, <laughs> in the chat says drawing conversation in the same way that the quote Jay step on me unquote uh, draws conversation. It was not a, it was not of that kind of nature. It was that like Anna Jay speaking skills are abysmal uh, type of thing, and like someone was harping on it, like just. to the to the highest of degrees, and like it was the worst thing they've ever seen in pro wrestling in their. 30 plus years of watching pro wrestling. And I was like, no, nah, it's not that bad. It's just bad. Like, so, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even remember a single second of this match outside of yeah. he got the best bad of beginning. It rolled out the beginning. It rolled out after he won. And then, um, I was confused. and ran and ran from everybody. Well, after I, don't, that. I know, I, don't I know really, he's, he's outnumbered. I, I yeah, get I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at him escaping, getting jumped. So I, I'm not mad about that. He he won the match, got the hell, got the fuck out of dodge. Uh, so that was fine by me. And uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is is uh, the factory now like uh, 
are they doing work for are they doing dirty work for Hobbs now or, or, or why was Hobbs slamming the the the, 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 the screen was he mad that he, that Hobbs just, or that uh Sarks won a match against a guy that he clearly was going to beat yeah I, I guess he, he's he doesn't want to see the, the man prosper big big um, hater energy I can't believe this man I, I can't believe this man <laughs> man wants a match that he clearly was going to win okay whatever oh uh, uh, Lutero Negro, Ricky needs to stop listening to all that. Slow it down, Shaboy Boy and Factory stuff. Do some moves. Use a baby face. He w- he was never he was never a moves guy in that way. He was always just a a. <clears throat> a Where's I, the baby face move set, James? We first talked about this with Alberto Del Rio back in the day. Yes, as far as breaking out more flashy things when you're when you're baby face. Yes, I. I don't. I don't think that's his his necessarily his bag. Like you can be a um a good babyface without having some type of flashy stuff. Like you, all you gotta do is work on your you know your fire, your selling, and your comeback stuff and scenarios you put yourself in. Like I don't. Obviously, Darby does crazy shit, but like if you got rid of his crazy shit and just made him just a mad specialist, which he could do, like he'd be a fine bit pro like. Babyface, like Daniel Bryan's not some or like Brian Daniels is not some crazy babyface move guy. He hits you hard. He gets hit back. He sells. He fires up. Like it's not. It, there's all these types of stuff you could do. I get the the whole idea of it, but like I, I I just think Starks is like the kind of promo and likable person to where like he can overcome like whatever this was. But like he has to be in someone someone in the ring that's like people actually care about. Like this is just a squash type thing. Up next, um, we got Billy. He was talking to the Ass Boys, wondering how they could fail in the only match that Billy Gunn made famous. I laughed. Stokely <laughs> showed up. Indeed. Um, <laughs> uh, Stokely showed up, and it says they got insured for Billy because he's old, and he tries to give Austin Gunn his card. Uh, Billy was like, nah, nah, man, get out of here. Uh, he said he got them a match on Rampage. Uh, then Dan Housen came through. said, uh, you guys are going to see him with a big bearded fellow. So... Um, not really much here. Um, now that Stokely's uh frolicking around the ass boys trying to recruit them, this unit is looking dire. Yeah, dire. Um, I will say this: like, if it sets up, Billy Gunn leaves for the acclaim and leaves his sons out there with them. Like, I think that's the best case scenario. Like Billy Gunn is. This a, if this ends up where Billy Gunn is the babyface. Like uh-huh. manager for the acclaimed, and like the ass boys are just like off with whoever else over there. I think that's the, I think that's the best for uh for the company. I personally uh, do. I don't. I don't think the acclaimed need Billy Gunn uh, at this point. They're, these guys are over. Um, I I don't disagree, but I think every little bit helps. And like him being with the with the uh, with his his um. His sons, they don't, I don't think that really does much for the ass boys. It's like, oh, those are Billy's kids. I don't cool. think they would ever be on screen if it wasn't for Billy Gunn. I mean, I don't think they should be on screen even with him. But that's not. My, but that's not up to me, is it? <laughs> like they don't get. They don't even get people to look their way without Billy at first, like being there, bro. I'm a. Um, let me go into my bookmarks. Cause there's a bookmark that I, I can't wait to pat to use in a few years. Um, let me see if I can find it. I'm keep scrolling until I find it. Um, so 
at some point, uh, Dax had said on Twitter, he had found it uh, from June of this year. June 6th, he said, they're annoying as hell, but if you aren't buying the ass boys as a future legit top tag team, it's time to get on board. I got that saved in, in, in my bookmarks and whatever in, in year 2024, 25, 26, when they're still not a top tag team. You I'm going to retweet I'm, that bitch? I'm going to retweet that shit and, say, and just put an L on it because no, <laughs> absolutely fucking not. Not happening. Not happening. So, like, it don't matter how you dress it up. They're still Colton and they're still Austin, the, the you know, the, the, the second generation smoking guns, and it is what it is. Sorry, brother. Those be the breaks. Um, yeah. So last week I went kind of off on a tirade about the AEW women's division. We had Jade Cargill defending against Madison Rain. And this was not good. No. Um, Slow. DJ Screw should have been out there. Um, Coach Madison Rain, she got to pick a hustle. Uh, either wrestle or coach, pick one. Uh, because if you're wrestling like this, I don't need you coaching a soul. Um, I, like, 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 pick a side. Like, and, and I imagine like the the like this is what the identity crisis. Do you want to be a knockouts division? Uh, you know, do you want to be the divas era? Do you want to be like? <laughs> As we mentioned on this show, there's no infrastructure to get better. Rain is supposed to be that infrastructure to start development of like, I guess her focus is supposed to be on promos and all this other stuff. But I'm like, how about them learn to work? And she's 0-2 right now. Um, and if you're a coach, part of being a coach is being there with inexperienced people like Layla Gray, like Jay Cargill. Can you get it to passability? Um, she could not, and she, quite frankly, she didn't look like the superior wrestler in the match. She didn't. So, um, I guess what my question is, how much to buy out Asuka, Eo, or a horsewoman's, uh, contract? How much? Uh, is this including, like, the, the tax of doing it, or just, like, a number... <laughs> Like you got to throw that fuck you tax on there, right? Sure, throw the fuck you tax on there. How much for the tra- how much is the transfer fee? Five million dollars. Why haven't they paid it already? Then. <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing, man? Why am I watching this? This wasn't a good match at all. Like, I'm, this is horrible, man. Like, bro, you okay? The first night of the Grand Prix, I, I know it's a, it's Japanese women's pro wrestling compared to American women's pro wrestling. It is not it is not apples to apples. I I, I get it. I fucking get it. How fucking ever, Jay Cargill is a star um, that actually draws attention when she's on screen. It's been proven. It is what it is. She's out here with a woman that has had numerous opportunities on um, television in America. And this match is like, this is like one of the worst matches you would have seen on a stardom show at any point this year. 
Like I, I know, I, no I, 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 I thought it was funny. Dave Meltzer, uh, in, in uh, an observer recently, was talking about um, women's wrestling, talking about like the top of star- stardom or whatever. The top matches are blow the blow the roofs off of anywhere other promotion in America is off, but like the matches at the bottom are worse. And I'm like, where? Where? What fucking? Name me a match you that you've seen in stardom that was worse than this. That was an actual match that wasn't like an opener with fucking fourteen year olds. At the time. Fuck that. We have seen Hannon come out here in these openers for the whole year. Yeah. Smoke this match. Yes. This this teenager who just turned 18 uh, this past week or so yeah. uh, has, has smoked this match. Yes. Uh, put it in a left pack and a right pack. And, <laughs> and yeah. it's just like, why are, why are they committing themselves to this mediocrity? Especially, and the thing is, like, it's not even like, oh, this is the best they got. They have so many good uh, women's wrestlers. How how many? How much longer are we gonna hold off on like the the Britt Baker and um and Jamie Hader thing? How much longer are we gonna hold off on like Ember or sorry, Ember, uh, Athena and Jay Cargill? Like, what the fuck? Are we are, are we like are we like Kanye back in Rockefeller? We're saving all the good, and he's saving all the good matches for himself. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I know you have like we can't you we have can't pay per view matches that you that you don't want to blow, but like, yo, can they do like some six women tags? Can do some tags, yes, shit like that to like at least raise the Mendoza line for this shit, right? Like, <laughs> like, like if if the, your deal is. You want to protect matches anyway, right? Then why not just protect the wrestlers too while we're at it? Yeah. Oh, and the best part was finding out that this match started at what nine twenty, right? The nine twenty death slot that people talk about. Yes. It did a better rating than the match to start than the tag match between Thunderstorm and Britt and um and Jamie from the week before that started at eight thirty. And then that match was actually a good ass match. Very funny, uh, indeed. I, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, it's a one-off weird thing, but it's like yeah. when people talk about like the death slide is 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 what like, really kills people. That's not no. It in this particular case, in this particular week, it was not. So now what? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm not pleased with this with this whole Coach Madison Rain thing, just because it's like, what was she doing in pro wrestling before this? Uh, okay, so you know what's what's always hard about like coaching? wasn't Serena. Wasn't Serena Deeb already a coach or no? I don't know. I don't know. I, I look. I don't know who is a coaches. Whatever else. I. I. Um. I. Outside of knowing that, like a particular player's coach would be someone like Dustin, and um, we got Jer- Jerry Lynn back there helping in some capacity. I don't know the. I don't know the infrastructural things for AEW. I just watch the shows, and if it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not. And I never. I. I, I don't know that much, right? Like I don't even know what Arn's doing right now. No idea, um, but I, I just um, I just didn't understand. Oh, well, I know what I was gonna say. So, to I'm going to shoot Madison Rain some bail, right? Like when it comes to the coach thing, like I don't know if that's actually an indicator of what she is doing as far as uh, causing uh, being overwhelmed, overwhelming. I'm sorry, a general overall good or a harm for. 
AEW as far as that because like you know how it is when it comes to coaching in sports, right? The only thing we can tell when it comes to sports is we don't know if anyone's a good teacher or if they're good in-game strategy. And the only thing you can tell is the in-game strategy by who's implementation of timeouts and 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 game in-game strategy and that's the only thing we can tell we don't know who's good at teaching things and player development we have no idea no idea so we don't we won't know until weeks and months or whatever else from now or whatever else if she's been a net positive or whatever else for it i'm not i don't even want to get into that i just want to talk about the part where like she was on tv and her match sucked that's all that's all i care about if she's a great teacher she'll be a great teacher all I know is this match she was out here with, with Jade Cargill sucked. And it was not necessarily like Jade uh was was um has been this awful wrestler at all times. Uh and this is one of her worst matches. So do with that what you will. Like I've seen Jade Cargill go out there with Anna Jay before and them like have like a three, three and a quarter match before. So like where is that? Um, Shivani then announced that Chris Statlander was injured. She's torn her other ACL, James. Um, she was set to win the TBS title at Grand Slam. Uh, that was the, the plan. Um, really? Yep. Huh. Okay. So, like, they were going to do it. Big New York win for her. She's going to win in her hometown. She's from Staten Island or something okay. like that. Or Long Island, one of the two. Um, and... She was going to end the streak, and basically they announced that Tony Storm is the new number one contender, and Rosa and Storm acted awkward about it. So uh, Tony's right back there. I I don't think Tony would be the worst option uh, to go with here. Wait, so is Tony going for Jay's title or for Thunder Rosa's title? Probably Thunder Rosa since they put her on screen like with her right well, there. So well, what does wait? So so Statlander was going to beat Jade. Eventually, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Um, I don't know that match should be really good. So I, I want to. They had that match at Forbidden Door, right? They did. They did. Yeah, and that match was just good. It wasn't like some really good match, but they should probably have a better match. So, um, doesn't bother me. I, I'm up for it. It'll be better than what we just saw between <laughs> Jade and Madison Rain. Well, you guys know what time it is. It is main event time. And man, in February, I came on this show. Let me show you all the shirt that I got on. It's a Chris Jericho shirt that I have on everybody. Had to show the uh, Twitch stream. I came on this show and I said, never count out Chris Jericho. I then pontificated in one of the groups in March. I was like, Jericho's getting a title shot this summer. And that came to fruition as well. Ended up with a title shot. He rebuilt the the physique. He's been awesome this entire year. And I'm going to start the agenda now. He might not win it, right? I think there's somebody else that has the pole position. But you cannot, I don't care who you are, you cannot deny this man is a wrestler of the year candidate. Chris Jericho has been phenomenal on promos. He has built another unit around him. He's been incredible on pay-per-view. 
he now has a, a championship match with Moxley. This match fucking ruled. I lost my mind watching this match just because, you know, Lionheart came out. Um, he came out, I believe, to his ECW music, so he didn't quite get the WCW music like I wanted. Uh, but it's close enough. I saw, uh, I think it was J.J. Williams did an edit of, uh, you know, Jericho with the with the overdub with the music I wanted. Um, and he came out with the with the Lionheart tights, the, the, the kind of like uh, mock-up of them. Um, came out, had the hair. Kind of, kind of wrapped up a little bit. And James, this was just a, just a hard hitting technical war. Um, these guys were, they were bleeding. One of them was bleeding the real way, which is Jericho, and it was like there was a hole in his head. He got um, hard way on a on a uh, open on an exposed turnbuckle, didn't he? Yeah, like okay. it was like a hole in his forehead. That shit was pouring out. Um, as he put the lion tamer on at the end, uh, it was really coming out badly um they were like jericho was taking it back you know to, to his old days mox was incredible in this match too this is one of my favorite matches of the year um i i thought this was incredible uh four and three quarters for me and this was just like i, I love the finish um it, it really felt like tense i didn't expect jericho to win i'm not i'm not out of off my rocker or anything uh but this was just like Every all the belief that I ever had in Chris Jericho felt like it paid off uh, in this in this match, this whole year uh, that that he's been building up, doing this awesome work, you know, and sticking it to people who wanted him to leave the business and, and all this stuff. And I, I and Moxley, the the year he's had, you pull up his cage match, it is filthy this year. Um, this is another match to add uh, on his, but this was just like I thought it was great. It got like. Um, it got the proper time. It didn't feel shortchanged. It didn't feel rushed. I was, I felt like I got off a roller coaster when I saw this match. And this was just a, a never doubt Chris Jericho moment. And I don't know if his, you know, he'll, I don't think he'll ever be the champion again. Right. But this mm -hmm. was, this was damn close. This was as good as it felt. I think this blew away their, their first match. And I, I think just people like, like niggas forgot. Like uh, about Jericho, uh, like what what he can do, and, and this guy's fifty one years old, and he's not washed. Like he's like constantly reinventing in real time, and pe I don't think people respect that, that man for doing this. He's not a nostalgia act. He doesn't want to wrestle the old guys. He wants to like wrestle the the guys that are pushing the game forward today, and still like use him being Chris Jericho to blend with that to create new memories. He's not. Uh, ripping off like you know wrestlers from the past like he's got his his own i know it, obviously he pulled out a nostalgia trick tonight right like he pulled out lionheart chris Jericho that, that's stuff, fine right? that's fine that's fine he's ripping if he's gonna rip off anybody you can rip off yourself yep <laughs> but like, like no how, how dare you go out there and do the shit the shit that you actually like you know did like what that's perfectly yeah. fine it's perfectly fine. It's like it's like it's like I know he 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 played he looked to his past, but the past basically allowed me to see like when I saw that guy in 1996, I saw a top star, even though WCW didn't, and then I saw the fucking Lionheart walk out there as a top star this, to this day, and that shit was a great moment for uh, for a lot of Chris Jericho fans, and uh, I think people need to, quite frankly, uh, be thanking Chris Jericho a lot more than they do.
I thought it was a great match. I thought it was one of the best matches of the year that I've seen. So like I would I would give it like I would give it four and a half stars. As far as like the four and three, like uh, whatever else, it, it's up for debate. Um, I, I I think that like from a work rate work rate perspective is not there at that level. Uh, but from a from, from, from everything else and all the stuff around it and what you saw as far as the drama, I thought they told a hell of a story and had a hell of a match. Um, like if I was going to compare this to anything I've seen recently, I would compare this a lot to like the Kaido Kiyomiya versus, um, versus, uh, Muta match, Muta match, as far as just like, it ain't, it's, it's not about the moves, man. It's about the drama and the selling and, and the intensity and, and like the, the back and forth and, you know, the roller coaster of emotion in, in what they do. Uh, another match I throw in there, uh, in that particular case in a, in a different way is not nearly on that level. It was like the, the Tanahashi and, evil match that they had in, in the G1 where it's like you you it's evil you know you're not finna get you know some Matt classic but like you bring the elements he has and like to see like Tanahashi like overcome three of these evil motherfuckers evil doers and it was just like yes yes that that's what pro that that is what storytelling is good triumphs over evil even 103 fuck them we ball yes so i i yes i in that in that perspective like i love this match um and i mean it, it might be my favorite singles uh chris jericho match in AEW. it might be i'd have to go over to think about it because i really i really did love uh Moxie's first match with this, all the all the storytelling and the and the eye patch and tricking Jericho at the end and all that kind of stuff, um, and that program they built through it and even the match and the story in the match. But like, I think this this match does top that though. This match does top that. But I have to think about the other stuff. Jericho's had a few um, bangers and like even the Kingston match. I probably like the Kingston match probably like a better match on a rewatch type of thing. But I probably liked this match more too. Um, so like, yeah, he's had a, he's had a hell of a year for a 51 year old dude that is like, keeps finding ways to like adjust his game for the decline of like athleticism and aging and whatever and health and whatever's going around with him. Like he is, (laughs) this man came off the fucking deathbed, James. Yeah. Like it's interesting to see like this match between Moxley and Jericho, given that like Mox, I, I remember me and uh, Josh Smith from Keeping It Strong Style was talking about like he was saying like yeah man Jericho just too you know his conditioning because of you know his 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 lifestyle with the drinking like it just doesn't seem like he's gonna have to switch that up and I was like there's nothing to suggest he's gonna switch it up and then he had the health scare and he had to switch it up. And like it, he's lighter, and he's able to do more. He's able to, you know, kind of get, kind of get a lot of it back, right? And like Moxley, it, it, this whole year reminds me of like when he showed up in the G one, and it was like he had got himself in that incredible shape uh, to be able to go through and withstand the G one, and you know, had a match with Ishii and all that kind of stuff, and how he felt great, all that kind of stuff, and then like you saw him like just get like bulkier, and you know. And then he shows up and like he's in that kind of G1 shape all over again. Except like he does he's not like getting done and like worrying about like uh alcohol withdrawal anymore. Like he's he's like he's he's in that shape plus like he's not drinking and like I feel like his his just like 
endurance and his ability to like keep a pace is just like the best it's ever been. And like he he's killing it this year. He really has. And I've seen him even in some of these garbage matches that I would never watch. People love those matches or whatever else. But just like him in the ring this year, like it's <laughs> he's he's killed it. And this is not some person I thought was gonna be out here as a fr- I don't know whether you say legitimate or fringe, a most outstanding performer level wrestler, but like the proof's in the pudding so far this year with him. I, he, I, I mean, I have to look up Osprey to see like, what well, how that matches up as far as like number of great matches he's had around the world. But like, he has to be up there. Like I looked and he's had like 14, like eight match or eight, eight or above on cage match, which is like, that is, that's doing some damage. Um, He's killed it this year. He absolutely has, and happy for him. Um, happy for both of them. And like you know, they really enjoyed it because like they're you know, they're they're friends or whatever else. So like yeah, I, I'm sure they you know, I don't think they'll do the the Kenny Omega and um, Jericho thing where they talk about and break down the match or whatever else on podcast form. But I'm I'm sure they they really they're they're proud of that one. I'm I'm sure they are. They definitely should be. And I, you know, I was very happy to, to, to see that. And then like, like I was, I don't often get on the edge of my seat watching wrestling. I would say a couple times a year it happens for me. I'm, you know, really invested in something. It just, you know, you watch wrestling for years and years and you, you kind of like know where, where things are going. And it was like that wish that maybe something was going to happen. Like maybe Chris Jericho was going to win. Maybe he's going to find a way against conventional wisdom, against booking logic and knowing where everything's going. And I just politics. Yeah, I kind of just I kind of just allowed myself to fall into what they were doing. And bro, when he pulled back and then he lifted his head up and it was all the blood. I was like, oh, my God. Like I was I was I was completely done there. It was it was great. Um, Love this match. Um, But after that broke into a big, big brawl. A frolic. Um, the Jericho Appreciation Society came out, uh, started whooping some ass. Uh, BCC ran down to try to run them off. Um, and then it kind of cleared around. And then all of a sudden, we heard the TV. And then CM Punk shows back up, runs off the rest of the JAS. Uh, Jericho cleanly taps in the middle, by the way, uh, for those who don't think he wants to put people over for some reason. Um, how many times he's tapped out the people clean and middle? Like some of the best, like tap out, like or tap out, like uh, finishes I've seen have come from Jericho. Yeah, that's amazing. So um, from there, Punk and Moxley go face to face. Mox has had this whole thing where he's not the interim champion. Um, he's very insulted by CM Punk's presence. It looks like he grabs his belt. They go face to face, and it feels. Big time. Um, it feels like these guys are going to have a lot to say to each other. We should get some incredible promos. Uh, I don't think John Moxley is going to let this fail. Uh, I don't think CM Punk really has to worry about being athletic in this match. Um, it, he can do. I would advise them to let Moxley lead the way. Um, and it's champion versus champion, presumably at all out. Um, this feels like a really big time match. And. I don't care which way they go. I think Moxley's just been great this year, mm-hmm. and it feels kind of feels like his time. And, and I, I could, if CM Punk's going to keep it, I think he needs to turn, turn heel. Yep. 
Okay, he turns heel with the belt, is what you're saying, right? Yep. Turns heel with the belt. Who does he face at, let's say, what are the scenarios for, like, who he faces in programs after that? Uh, he could fight Eddie Kingston at, um, at Grand Slam and beat him. Um, he can whoa, whoa, face... Whoa, whoa. You want to beat Eddie Kingston in, in Arthur Ashe? Or drop it to him, to him. I don't give a fuck. No, like I don't. But I, I, I was just saying, like that. Comp- the company normally doesn't book down that big of downers like that, you know. So I was kind of like, that's you know, I, I was surprised that you said it. That's all. Yeah, um, I don't know. The, the match is in Chicago, so the it, it probably would be hard to turn CM Punk heel there. Uh, but oh, that I happen. feel like I feel like you know it's babyface versus babyface. They. I don't know. It, it's a, it's a, it was a tough call. I don't know which way they're going to go. And I think there's arguments for both of them. Obviously, um, Tony likes to stick to his plans. Hence the creation of the interim title. CM Punk never lost it. Uh, they could just, you know, put it back on him and let him go forward. But I think Mox has been campaigning very strongly this summer, stepping into main events when CM Punk was not able to, uh, compete when he was injured. And he's just been, you know, there, um, you know, maybe he can fight Brian Daniel, like CM Punk. We got some suggestions, Kenny, Ricky Starks, Brian Danielson. So, um, I, I think you can do a punk and Danielson match at some point. I would love to see it. Um, I don't know when they do Kenny and punk, but that's massive. Uh, that's something they have to do. Yeah. I, I think you would, not, I don't think there's a reason to rush that. And if you need to get Punk some defenses first, I think you do that first rather than just immediately the next thing you do because it's like you're blowing through a lot of shit that way. Mm-hmm. You can kind of stretch that out. Yeah. Um, as far as Starks, you can sacrifice him um, and see what he has at the top. Um, and this is all regarding like if Punk is a hill, right? Yes. Okay. Um, there's, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, I don't know. I would have to look at their, their baby face list because they have tons of baby faces. Yeah. They have way more baby faces than top baby face and top heels. Uh, yeah. Um, I just think that, look, if it were me, I would hate, I would, I would bite the bullet and just have Moxley win. But, um, I, I, I think that, um, Regardless of however people feel about the hangman thing at the time or whatever else, um, CM Punk has been a great babyface in the company since he's been back in, or not back, but been in AEW. And that was even still continuing. He just got hurt. Uh, so, I, like I said, I don't think there are bad options out here outside of like some type of fuck finish, some convoluted, controversial finish. Like, as long as you get a clean finish in the middle of the ring, um, like, I think you're going to have people walk away at least like either happy or being like I respect it at least um that, that that's, that's working in good, that's working in good faith anyway because you know you can't you can't take trolls and bots you know seriously uh but I think I think Moxley's gonna hit Punk with some of that real and he's gonna swing a lot of people to his side um we can go back to CM Punk's first day in the company um, that same show, Mox is in the, those halls talking about all these people that want to walk in after you know he paved the road and made this a safe place to be, to be, a, be you know to show up to. Like, there's gonna be 
I don't know if CM Punk necessarily got a good counter for that. Like he can say, you know, I did this stuff about before. anything. Yeah, like he's look, like, I, I did this stuff before, but like this is a new, new day, man. Like, look, I understand and, there's gonna be a bunch of people that are gonna be on the, you know, my favorites from when the show started in 2019 are now being replaced and shit. And like, you're you're entitled to your opinion on that. I'm not finna say you're wrong or anything like that because you're not wrong. Is you're entitled to your opinion. I just don't care. <laughs> like, if you do good work, you do good work. And I don't, I don't hold any grudges on, you know, this person deserves a lifetime uh, a lifetime spot or whatever else at a certain level because they were here first. I, I, I don't care. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think that, like, either way, they're going to do good work and they're going to do good business. And, like, I, it, this is one of the, like, programs that, like, when CM Punk showed up, I was like, I can't wait for Moxley and punk whatever capacity they have it in because like there's so much to play off of of the you know you can talk about the shield stuff if you want to you can talk about like i'm a new person you can talk about the like you know like you mentioned like i was here and now you showed up and be- and you're here because of the, the stuff that i was doing in this company and i made you want to come out of retirement like i you know i like i inspired you to get off to get off your ass like you know you, you talk about all that kind of stuff and I and look, I I'm I'm with it. I want to see it. I want to see what CM Punk responds with because all the stuff that like MGF hit him with, he he brought it right back up and said, yeah, because I am. And talked about like his journey and all that kind of stuff. And I thought he was a great baby face doing all that kind of stuff. Like it, it's really hard out the the top the box CM Punk into some corner as uh uh as far as a quote unquote debate or promo debate thing. Like it's not it. He's really fucking good. So like this is gonna be some of the best some of the best promos we're gonna see all year. I can't fucking wait. We got uh what three more episodes of it uh until we get the pay-per-view. And like I don't know if it's gonna I doubt it's gonna do like what all out did because that's a that's like the, the gold mark or whatever you wanna call it for a pay-per-view, but like it's gonna have a huge buy rate. Period. It's just gonna it's going to. It's Chamber's champion. Uh one person was like the biggest star and left another person took over that, uh, took that spot, uh, as a replacement and absolutely knocked it out the park. This is the best case scenario. Congratulations. Like, I can't wait to see it. Do you see why all the arguments against the interim title were stupid now? People. I, I don't, was people, were people, okay. People get hung up on the small details, but like, regardless of whatever they were going to do, Call it interim, don't call it interim. Eventually, they were going to have John Moxley versus versus him, title versus title, regardless. Who gives a shit what it's called? Amazing. Like, no, I mean, seriously, like, right? Like, Shawn Michaels didn't want to do a job. <laughs> he didn't want to do a job. And Razor Ramon became champion. And then they did Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ball on a fucking ladder, right? That, did that not happen? Will um, we have remembered that I, match I'm, any less look, fondly if they had called Razor Ball <clears throat> the interim champion until he pulled down both straps? I don't look, fucking man, think so. Who cares? I've, I've seen the 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 U.S. championship in New Japan this year be or not be held by like four different guys, and it was just something nobody seemed to give a fuck about at all. Right. Like, and who's the real champion? And I, I recall the last year's Wrestle Kingdom build uh, involved Will Ospreay pulling out a belt he never lost at, at a certain point. In um, the in Okada deciding to randomly start carrying a belt instead of a briefcase. Like, what the fuck are we doing here, man? Like, <laughs> like, 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 it, 
is only a problem in this promotion. Stop the cap. Enough. Yeah. Um. Fuck. Yeah. I, I, like, I never cared. It didn't matter. It. It didn't. It didn't. Like. I. I, I don't know how to bring it to people. Like, there's so much. It's so much stuff that's just like just useless. Like a uh, chat is like or discourse, if you will. Yeah, the words discourse. Yeah, and it's like, who cares? Who cares? Like, I understand why you. I understand why you think it's interesting or just a thing to talk about. But it's like, uh, this is kind of stuff where I, I'm I'm out on. Like, uh, this is, it's not really interesting. It's just a rhetorical thing because like that's what's that's we're, we're wrestling Twitter. That's what's to talk about today. Like, let's move on. The room thing, like, it makes perfect sense. It's in other sports, like. It's sports, inter- it's sports entertainment. It's pro wrestling, which is built off of the back of sports. It happens in actual fights, in actual fighting federations where people go down, they take the belt off, they give someone else a, the, the interim title, and then eventually if the person gets healthy enough, if they haven't, like, you know, been ducking fights that the federation wanted to fight in, they get their chance to get back to their belt. And then they eventually fight and determine who's the real, quote unquote, real champion is. That's been happening in fighting and fake fighting for uh, over 100 years. <laughs> why would why why would name an interim thing now become a thing? Who gives a shit? Eventually, you set someone in place to be a basically a pseudo number one contender right there, and there's a match built. It's an easy ass story. I, I I never understood it. Never did. Never did. Um, yeah, and now we have a very hot match: John Moxley yeah. versus CM Punk. Can't wait, James. You watched the G1 in binge-style fashion. First, <sighs> yes, I want to ask, why do you do this to yourself? Because <laughs> this isn't the first time you've done this. No, let's, it's let's, not. Let's, 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 it's let's not. be clear. You, you choose this life every year. You're like, you know what? Not I'm every year. Two whole days. Not, not every year. Not every year. But, okay, so... <sighs> I have a lot of time on the weekends, discretionary time on the weekends, be able to do what I want to, or whatever else, right? So when I get myself a weekend, I, I say, how am I go- how am I going to waste it and not be productive? And Shane doesn't love himself, tragic stuff. <laughs> Comment section packing jams up. Oh my god! Okay. I do love myself, by the way. I love myself enough to, to do the things that I want to do, right? So, like, basically what happened was, and we've talked about this, all year with New Japan, and also last year New Japan, like, we basically, like, we just basically opted out of New Japan, like, last year, right? Didn't really watch no, um, anything out the Russell Kingdom, really, right? And I was like, that sucks. Um, but anyway... For me, or no, last because no, hold on, no, that was two years ago. I was about to say the evil thing ran me off or ran us off more or less, right? So, you know, we used to watch Wrestle Kingdom and all that kind of stuff, and then we were like, well, let's get back into it, and then like eventually, like we just come around and it gets at start start stacking up, and you're like, it's all insurmountable. There's no point of even watching. So for me, it was like I had a free weekend, and like I had myself a free Friday, and I was like, hmm, if I could. I had X amount of time, I could go through all this stuff. And also, I thought to myself, like, it's not 90 matches. It's 
80-something, 84. It's 84 matches, right? So I was like, I wonder if I could do this. So 2020, I, I, I binge-watched over a whole entire weekend, like, all but, like, the first eight shows, something like that, or five shows, like, that last half of uh, shows for the G1. I did that before. So I had experience of, like, knowing, like, all right, I could do this or I couldn't do it. But, like, I realized, like, okay, less matches – it seen at the time I was like, there's only four matches on a on a card. I give myself breaks or whatever else, and I end up watching the stuff. So then it got to like after like week or episode or show nine, and went back to five. I was like, oh no, it's <laughs> like oh no. But I was able to I was able to grind and get it through, get it done with. But anyway, like I miss watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like regardless of whatever we have with uh, our issues with like um, the roster being. Uh, older or or like a lot of matches being uh, worn out or whatever else like it's a lot of really good ass wrestling and like they were going to have like a killer block like the C block that I wanted to see so um, I, I started watching stuff went through it and like I enjoyed it for the most part all that kind of stuff uh, obviously you know a Fale match comes on a Yano Cup match comes on an Evil match comes on um, a usual match comes on and I'm just like, oh God, it's going to suck. And for the most part, I was right. Um, but like, you know, I hadn't seen a lot of people like, like Aaron Anare, hadn't seen really much of Great Khan, um, hadn't seen much of, um, Tom Lawler, for example, right? Someone that like I've seen in Strong a few times, but like, and know him through like, you know, listen to Filthy Four on Observer I was interested in a lot of stuff. Wanted to see what Jonah looks like in Japan. Now that he finally got his wish to go to Japan after he wanted to be in Japan forever. And I liked it when he was Bronson Reed in NXT. Um, and also, one of the reasons why we stopped covering NXT is when they, was that week when they fired him. So, I was interested to see a lot of people and how they were going to do. Archer back in New Japan. That was also a, a interesting thing to look at. And, like, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed watching this whole tournament. I enjoyed getting caught up. And also, like, I wanted to be, like, able to get to this point, watch it be able to get the ratings out and see, like, you know, missing out on, like, a tournament like that. You get to see some of the best matches of the year and that sort of thing. And I saw a few of them. And, um, like, I was, I just wanted to do it, and I was happy, and I had the time, and so I did it. And, like, we're here now. So what what do you want to, um, what do you want to go over? You want to talk about the best matches, favorite matches, or do you want to talk about, like, get to get to the end, end of uh playing scenario for the blocks? What do you want to do? Uh, who who have been like your kind of top guys in this thing? And who have been your your low guys? Okay, so <laughs> the top guys uh, for me would be the people you expect. Shingo, Osprey. Well, the first, the top two, like in a tier to their own, in my opinion, um, would be Osprey, who through he's five matches in. He has one match coming this morning. But only one match wasn't four stars, and that was naturally the match with Ujiro. But he he was able to get, in my opinion, three and a quarter out of him out of Ujiro. But everything else is like four stars or above. Um, then the next match, or the next person after that would be Ishii. I thought Ishii had a great tournament, like he always does. Um, six match, or sorry, uh, five matches, four of them, uh, four stars, and three of them I gave three and a quarter. So I'm sorry, four and a quarter. So I thought he killed it as well. Um, and then there were also like people that like, I thought stepped up to the, compared to the last time I saw them, for example, like I thought Naito in 2020 in the B block, 
I thought that he was a lazy fucker and he pissed me off a lot. And I thought in this particular block, um, I thought that he was excellent. I thought that like every match he had, except for the evil match that I thought I fucking hated, I thought that he was great in every single match. Um, I thought, I think every single match he had, except for, um, yeah, like every match except for like the Tohanari match and the evil match, I gave four stars to or better. And then, um, like even, and even the Tohanari match, it was an undercard match and it went, I gave it three and a quarter, but like the evil match that people are somehow giving like three and a half or three and a quarter or three and three quarters to I, I need to get the fuck out of here. It's the same shitty match they've always had to each other ever since Evil was in um, Bullet Club. It's, it always sucks. It's always long. It's always Man. a slog. <clears throat> it sucked. But outside of that, the, Evil the, was great the, in this tournament. The, the Tetsuya Naito versus Evil feud. The feud that like, just keeps on giving. Yeah. Like, I never want to see them in the same block ever again. I never want to see them wrestle again. We're stuck with it for whatever <laughs> reason, James. <laughs> The Japanese fans love it, you know. Uh, do they? Uh, I don't know. This is just what people say. Uh, okay. <laughs> like I, I, I thought our, our our Japanese brothers is like good wrestling. Um. So like I thought that I thought that Okada for the block he was in in the in the in the, in the uh, being in there with Yano and Fale in the same block putting that together, uh, and some also some of the um. Some of the limitations you have being in the monster block with a Jeff Cobb, a, a Jonah, a Lance Archer. Um, I, I thought that he did well. Like I, I thought that um, his match with uh, with Cobb was excellent, like it always is. I thought that his match with um, Jonah and I think it was a main event. I, uh, I thought that match was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, like I thought that like the people that you normally are great were great. And I thought that person didn't want to give out two people in particular that I want to give a special shout out to like as, as the fringe MVPs, if you will, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Bishamon. Bishamon kicked ass in this tournament, bro. Like, so, um, Goto. Tell me the, what the boys worked at that forbidden door pre-show and got, got heard them cheers. And they knew he was watching. So, Goto, he uh, he he faces evil tonight or this morning, right? He had a four star match with Naito, four star match with Saber. No, hold on. Uh, four star match with uh, Aaron Hanare, actually. Um, in my opinion, obviously. Uh, and like one match, I ended up giving four and a quarter, but could have been four and a half. Like his like his match against Tanahashi, where like Tanahashi at the end gives him that big slap. And he splits open uh, Goto's lip, and like it plays into the story where like you know that slap at one point a few years ago broke his jaw. So like commentary picks up immediately. His jaw, or his uh, his lip is split. He's gushing everywhere, and he continues with the match. And it's so dramatic and it's awesome. And like that might be a four and a half star match. It was in- it was incredible. Um, and Goto ends up winning, and he stays alive. And like, uh, I, I thought that Goto, like, and also once you get towards the very end of it, like, he starts talk. The um, commentary puts over this story about like how, like, he's dedicating, like, trying to get, trying to win the G one to his son. It's just, just great, just sports. So like, yeah, uh, and then you know, you know how Yoshihashi gets down. Like, 
it's crazy that like this dude, you know, he's one of the most overrated wrestlers in the world, but like, and I get it. Like he's not, if you're looking for charisma, if you're looking for like star you mean presence, underrated? sorry, did you mean underrated? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, underrated my bad. Okay. If you're looking for like star president, you're looking for charisma and fire. He doesn't necessarily give you that, but what he will give you is fire ass matches. So, uh, Shingo, him and Shingo four and a quarter, one of the best matches of the tournament, one of the very best matches of the tournament, uh, match with El Fantasma, four stars, Match with Osprey, one of the various matches of the tournament. I gave it four and a quarter. He just consistently kept coming forward in, like, really outside of, I want to say, the Ujuro match, which, of course, is Ujuro. He just had a fantastic showing left and right. So, yeah, um, that's the positives. How about Tomohiro Ishii and what some oh. say could be his, his final G1? I mean, you know, Ishii's... By the end of this, with the match he has with Sonata this morning, he's going to end up being either number one in my overall like average star ratings for this tournament. It's going to be him or, or um, Osprey. It's going to come down to those two. Those two are on a tier of their own. Um, I it, you know he he only won one match in this tournament, which is like I get it, but like the idea that like they're going to move on from this is like he has everybody's. He, I have to look. Uh, let me let me pull up and look real quick. But I'm pretty sure, in my opinion, he had everybody's best match. Uh, he had Taichi's best match. Uh, he had Jay White's best match. Uh, which, you know, he's done that before in, in G1s. He had Tomatonga's best match. Um, and he had Chase Owen's best match. Yeah, like... Yeah, oh, just... Just, I've just, only just, heard you mention his name uh, like one time. How about the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion? Like, how how was he during this whole thing? Uh, Jay White wasn't bad. I, I like Jay White in this tournament way more than I did in 2020. And when I just like, oh my god, same shit over and over and over. Uh, and like I was like, you know, on those binges, I was also like, you know, fast forwarding until like the bell rings. I fast forward until I get to the part where he actually locks up or attacks somebody. Uh, like I, I still did the same thing, but like. He, I thought he wrestled with more. I thought he wrestled with less of the bullshit in like the constant interference with with uh, Gato in his matches. So, like, I thought he, I thought he, I thought he wrestled well. Like, I gave, like, I think uh, four star match here, uh, three and three. Yeah, like the lowest match I have on him is uh, three and a quarter, and that was against uh, Chase Owens. Everything else is four and a half and up. So I thought he had a really good tournament. Um, yeah, like he actually like is like you could say if you wanted to he's a fringe MVP candidate I wouldn't but if you want to you could say that and I'm obviously you know that's to my taste so compared to how other everybody else thinks like I think a lot of people like like uh for example like Saber's tournament a lot more than I did like but I still like thought Saber was like a metronome like every match I gave like three and three quarters to except for the match where he squashed uh evil I and I know some five, of the matches five stars or Hmm? He squashed evil. So that was a, that was five stars or like oh, I mean it's a five star squash. Yeah, like cause, you know, like I, look, talk about a bad matchup. He's like just as you, are, you think like all right, they got fifteen minutes and you got to fill out fifteen minutes. What is a fifteen minute Zack Saber Junior. evil match gonna look like? That could be a disaster. Take your ass out there, pin him with the, with the European clutch, get the fuck out of there real quick. Loved it. 
take us through the scenarios. Okay, so um, night. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, night eighteen. Two matches each block, and that closes out the blocks. Uh, there are obviously possible play-in scenarios for, um, I guess, uh, Wednesday show where, like, if there's a multiple person, multiple way tie, people have matches to then determine who makes it to semifinals. Um, I think there's only like one actual uh, scenario that can happen where it could be a possibility. Like the D block is a mess. Like everybody has six points and then like, uh, and then the people that don't have six points could get to six points by the end of, uh, this morning. So I don't think there's going to be a seven way tire for the D block. I'm not going to go through all that. I'm not Chris Samsa. I'm not Chris. I'm not Chris Charlton. I'm not going to go through all that. I'm giving you through like the, the, uh, the scenarios that could probable to happen. So, um, given the card, the, uh, they start with the D block. Uh, the D block starts with um, Osprey versus Juice Robinson. Osprey has six points. Juice has four points. Um, the next match after that is Shingo versus ELP. Shingo has six points, and Shingo also beat Osprey. He has tiebreak over Osprey, uh, and ELP has four. So um, Shingo, he'd be the person in front right now with six points. Uh, he just needs to beat ELP, um, or tie ELP and he advances, uh, or he needs to tie Osprey or tie ELP and Osprey needs to lose, um, or tie, um, versus juice, uh, Osprey to get in, he needs to win or tie and shingle needs to, needs to lose or if, or if, uh, yeah, he needs to win and Osprey, I'm sorry, he needs to win. Osprey needs to win. And Shingo needs to tie or lose. Um, and then after that, it could just turn into chaos where, like, if they both lose, like, Osprey and Shingo both lose, then it could turn into multiple tiebreaker scenarios. I'm not going through that. I don't even know how that works out. But it could be a, literally a seven-way tie with, like, everybody at six points. And it's rock, paper, scissors times two. I'm not going through all that. It's nonsense. It better not happen. It better not. Um, so the next block after that will be, uh, C block. Uh, first match is Goto versus evil. Next match is, uh, Naito versus, uh, Saber. Saber is the high man, eight points. Um, he has a win over Goto. He has a win over evil. Um, he faces Naito. Like I mentioned, he controls on destiny. All his dudes win and tie and he advances. Uh, but if he doesn't, next person after that would be, would benefit from his person he's facing Naito. Uh, if he gets a win over uh, Saber, he matches him in points, and um, and we need he would need Goto to also tie or lose against Evil. Um, Goto's in a weird three way tie situation. That's the only type. That's the only way he can, he can advance is on a three way tiebreaker where like he turns in rock paper scissors because Goto beat Naito, but he lost Saber. And so if Saber loses to Naito, they all be on the same, all on eight points, and they all be rock, paper, scissors, where I beat you, you lost me, I beat you, you lost me. Real, yeah. They'd so, be out there pointing at each other. Right, you know? yeah, like the Spider-Man meme, yeah. So uh, I don't know what the third, I don't know what the third person, what the second or third tiebreaker will be for a three-way tie like this. 
All I know is it better not be no convoluted shit like cumulative match, block match time where like Saber wins because he squashed evil. That will fucking suck. Like he's going to lose the night till and then still advance. That would suck. That just would suck. So, um, but, uh, okay. So, and then, then we get to the, the easy, the very easy, uh, in other blocks, right? So, uh, B block next is Ishii versus Sonata. That match should be great. And Tama Tonga versus Jay White. Tama Tonga versus Jay White is the match. That's the only thing that matters. <clears throat> Jay White is undefeated in the block. He's 5-0. and Tama Tonga is 4-1. Uh, and Tama wins. He ties him in points. And he gets a tiebreaker. He advances. If Jay, also, if Jay White wins or if he ties, he just advances easily right through. Um, I think Tama Tonga is going to win that. I mean, it's an easy way to set up a, a pay-per-view or a big show match later in the year before it put it in between. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking like they were going to do that. Like you get the champion through um, and then you, you know, do a match like that or something on the point. But it could happen. It's also a good way to avoid because it's a B block. It avoids like who we think is potentially going to be the winner in the A block. But uh, we'll get to the A block now. So um, first match, Folly versus Jonah. That's just there. <laughs> it, it has no, competing. It is competing to compete, right? Very similar to Sonata. So getting a workout. And, uh, and, and, you um, know. And Ishii, right? Uh, Breaking a sweat. Yeah. Like, obviously, the Ishii and, the Ishii and uh, Sonata is like to have a great match. I don't think that the Jonah and Fale is going to be a great match. Uh, but the last match is Okada versus Archer. Okada's uh, four and one. He has eight points. Archer has six points. Uh, so obviously Archer has to win to get the tie break, to get to eight to tie break with, uh, to get the tie break over Okada to win. And then all nights, all Okada has to do is either tie or win and he's into the next round. So, um, the way I'm, the way I'm seeing it, uh, for me looking at it, I think Okada gets through obviously, um, cause he's also closing the show. Like, I don't think Lance Archer is closing a Budokan Hall. I don't think, do you, do you think that's going to happen? You think he's going to close and sign off promo and Budokan Hall? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I mean that that is true. This is the same company that gave me <laughs> evil as IWGP double champion. Get the fuck out of here! You know, but TK uh, could have been like, you know, you can have Lance. So what? What are the plans? Uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, <laughs> stands Hall at the end of Budokan Hall. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> regardless, of, regardless of you know the jokes we're having, like I think that match gonna be great. But uh, but I just think that Okada's Okada's going to roll through. Um, yeah, like now that you mention it, like I I what I thought before you mentioned it, which it makes sense your way makes more sense. But I thought what was probably going to happen is you have Jay White advance, he's undefeated in his block, and then Okada gets his win back. Uh, right right here, right there, right. You can do that. Um, but the way you said it makes more sense as far as being able to buy time for the champion. I and I quite frankly like. Uh, I think Naito was going to beat Zack Sabre Jr. and um, and and Evil's going to beat Goto because Evil always has to spoil somebody. Um, so Naito advances. Naito and I, I, I set up Naito to win the G One, and then Naito versus Jay White at a dome. Uh, but as far as the Ugh. D block, <laughs> as far as far as the D block, I could see Shingo winning. I can see Shingo winning. D block. Yeah. Like, it's, 
I, I can see because sh- Shingo faces ELP. Like it makes sense that Shingo just beats him and and move and moves on. Um, like if you want to make the entry, if you want to make the intriguing thing, or you want to uh, after the 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 uh, G one that like Juice has had, where like he's been it's been a mess. Like he's had weird losses, he's had weird fucking matches. He hasn't been able to showcase himself that well. Um, like if you want to do it, you can have Shingo um, lose his match, ELP wins. And then you also have like Juice get a win over um, Osprey, Osprey and Osprey, yeah, yeah, and Osprey could you know we'll we'll, we'll see. Actually, I take it back. Uh, actually, that turns into actually if that happens, that will turn into the that's the like seven way tie, right? Yeah, yeah. So never mind. Scratch that. Shingo has to win. Fuck it. Shingo has to win. Sorry, <laughs> Shingo has to win. He just has to. Uh, I want him to do a seven-way tie and they do a Rambo to decide no, that shit. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I take back everything I said. I forgot. I forgot the scenario I laid out six minutes ago. But no, nah, like I think that we're going to end up with Shingo versus Naito. I think we're going to end up with <clears throat> either Tama or White versus Okada. And I think, I think quite frankly, like I think you get Okada versus Naito, and Naito gets his win back over Okada, and that t- that basically wraps up nicely like. The feud they've had all year, when they've they've traded wins between the between uh, the title matches and also between uh, the New Japan Cup in and, and, and the tournaments, so that they end up with two and two, and they can move on and you know find a way to have another match between them somewhere in two years at another time. Cool, man. Um, I didn't have anything else on my sheet. Was like I don't know if Stardom is is up to date or not, or. Uh, I haven't looked because I've been too busy watching New Japan. <laughs> man, uh, they had they had Joshi um switch up. You stupid! No, nah, like on Thursday, I think it was Thursday. Thursday or Wednesday they had a Cork and Hall show. Uh, that apparently like them drawing so well, like I guess brought Dave Meltzer some type of distress to the part where like they outdrew a G one show. I don't, I, I don't know. It's like, do you do you see by do you by any chance see what? That. Did you by any chance see what New Japan uh, main evented uh, with that Corkin Hall? No. Give me one second. It was not something that 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 should have been able to outdraw what Stardom was putting out. Um, if yeah, I remember that, correct, that sounded like a personal problem. Yeah. Uh, feel for me for one second, so I can uh, give you the give you the the main event. It was like get it was merge, like, get your merge, get your merge, get your merge. Um, but yeah, uh, I heard that, um, a dog tested positive for monkeypox and it suspected human to dog transmission in France. So stay away from that monkeypox. Uh, y'all, um, wow. All I say about the monkeypox is like, that shit looks disgusting. Uh, if you, if you got the monkeypox, uh, the monkeypox will put like a bunch of like holes on your face and like the monkeypox is not exactly a... Uh, thing you want to look at every day. That shit just looks like disgusting. I didn't know that, that the dogs and the animals had to be aware of the monkeypox, but like I wonder how the monkeypox and the dog goes. Like, does the dog bark differently? Does like the the monkeypox like you know? Do the dog lick the monkeypox? Like, what's the, <laughs> the the protocol for the, for for the dog monkeypox? But no, idea. I, don't, I don't know, man. That monkeypox is scary. I don't want no part of monkeypox, and the monkeypox is. Hopefully they shut that shit down because that that shit even sounds. I, I want no parts of the monkey box, but Rich, 
they main evented a Quirk and Hall, the first Quirk and Hall of the tour with David Finley versus Juice. Ah. Now, tell me why that is supposed to draw. Outside of the part where one is New Japan, one is Stardom. Stardom does the attendance of about a third the size of New Japan. Except for, like, in Tokyo, because they do well in Tokyo. Um, it's the G1. Tell me how that's supposed to, why that should draw better than a card that has, um, wrong card, sorry. Um, had Azumi versus Tam Nakano, had Rhesus, uh, sorry, uh, Suzu Suzuki versus Mirai, um, in, in like four, in like three other matches, uh, found it. Um, and had like three other matches that could like challenge for four stars. Like, why would that be able? Why should that be able to? Shouldn't be able to like outdo Juice versus David Finley. I I was confused. So so yeah, like it did fifteen hundred. It's not that big a deal. Like it was a throwaway. It was a throwaway card. In if I remember correctly. Uh, New Japan had did a couple of shows in, in Oda City like the week be- the weekend before to like two you know multiple thousands of people uh, in the building like it's not that big a deal like I I, I don't know like would four hundred more people in the in like Corrigan Hall or sorry uh, fifteen hundred uh, would three hundred more people in the building had like made you feel better Dave Meltzer I I, I didn't get it I just didn't because like you know like there's only seventeen hundred or eighteen hundred people in in Corken Hall anyway I I just didn't, I didn't get it I didn't get it uh but yeah I, that's pretty much all I got cool man um I heard Hikaru Shido fought Suzu Suzuki for the Wave Championship yeah yeah I heard who won already well I didn't well I didn't hear I saw because. I don't block Sheeta or mute Sheeta, so I saw her with the belt, and I was like, oh, "Okay, well, she t- obviously took it off Suzuki. Suzuki." Can we get the Wave Championship defended in AEW so we can have the too many belts people going crazy? <laughs> Do they care about the Gaijin belts or the out the outsider belts on TV? Uh, I don't like like who who do you mean? Like, okay, so I'm trying to think. Was there outside of Ring of Honor? Has there ever? What other belts have been defended there, that weren't? There's uh, a triple triple A mixed. Yeah, yeah. So did they care, did people care about that? Um, I, about too, I, as far I, as too many belts or no? I'm I'm sure it's out there, but yeah, I, I know Brian Alvarez was very confused on why this this match had had an angle happen for it on Dynamite the week before it was happening on this show. I'm like, what show weren't you watching, Brian? Um, but. Wait, say that yeah, again? He was confused like, why they did an angle to build towards a match they were going to do. No, he was he was like he had no idea why this match was happening and all this stuff. And I'm like, because well, they, because they you, they like Tay and they like Sammy Guevara and they wanted to showcase them. And and that the gist of it, the long and short. I'm like, I'm like, well, Sammy Guevara and Dante Martin had a match at the beginning of July or the beginning of this month uh, on Dynamite, and at the end of it. Sky Blue was out there and got attacked by Ty Conti. Right. It seems like they're just following the storylines. If you're not paying attention, that's on you. <laughs> yeah. 
Look, man, there's a lot of wrestling, so I, I get it why you miss some yeah, things. He, he probably is is watching a lot. Well, it happens to me too, right? I'm like, why? But normally for me, it's like I be, I ask you questions or we'll, I'd be like, why did this happen? Oh, because it's and I'm just like, oh, okay, and move on. I don't know if you harped on it or not, but whatever. Like, yeah, I'll send you the video, but um, yeah, I'll send you the video. It's not a okay podcast topic, but all right. Well, um, um besides that, yeah, I think we uh, can let y'all off the exit here. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to rate us whatever app you're using to listen to this with on the podcast. Um, if you're listening for, if you're watching on the live stream, go to the the PayPal. Go to the uh, Cash App. Hit us with donations there. Uh, listen to the podcast. Go to the uh, show notes or description. Uh, find our red circle. Drop us off with a donation there. Um, and listen to other shows on the network. Besides One Nation Radio, you have Keeping It Strong Style, the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grumman Washes Shit, the Grave Consequences Podcast, 8-Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Great Match Generator, Meet the Press Slam, Get in the Ring, and AEW Match Guy. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Watch the clips.